And we're back to Salt to the Streets podcast. Saturday, May 12th, 1.40 p.m., episode 13, baby. Mm-mm. Today we're going to be talking about the latest in the North Korea situation, Gina Haspel being up for CIA director, and the Iran nuclear deal, and probably some more of that. It's been a very busy, busy news week. Lots more stuff. Lots yeah. more stuff. Word. So what you been up to this last week, brother? It was an exciting week last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Yesterday, we came over and you fucking made us dinner. That was awesome. Um, which was delicious. Chicken parmesan, as per my request. Right? Uh, uh, as per. Uh. Uh, and so that was delicious. And then we went to the fucking drive-in. We're going to talk about that, obviously, later in pop culture. Yeah. But we saw that fucking Black Panther Avengers combo that was sick nasty. That was so uh, good. I was, was so glad I waited to watch both those together. And I seen both of those already and it was worth it to go and see yeah. them both again. Dude, it's it's so much more than seeing a movie. Yeah. Cuz it's it's just an experience. But Yeah, and you guys had never been there, so we'll definitely talk about that. Hell yeah. Neither you or your wife had ever been to the drive-in before. And she's from Ecuador, right? And yeah. they don't have those there, so that's a little more understandable. You, however, I have no grew excuses. Up 40 minutes from where I grew up, which is, you know, so yeah. it's which is which makes it farther from the drive-in, but it's still within an hour. It doesn't area. feel like a trip when it's, you go. Uh, it's you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, it doesn't it's it's still close enough that like right. that last night us going, it didn't feel like I w- it was a trip out. No, it was no. It's it's like going to I don't know, go to town for Costco and stuff. It's yeah, like, it's, it's it doesn't like, feel any different. It's barely outside of Bremerton. The rodeo drive-in. Shout out to the rodeo drive-in. It's yeah, that place was fun. When I when I was walking around there with Caroline in the in the beginning, walking Penny around, I was telling her I was like, "This place has been around for I'm like I don't know exactly how long, but long enough that these metal poles are from when they had radios that you put on the door yeah. of your car. Like is like that's what those were for. Man. Really? Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> that's yeah. so. I was wondering. I was like, I wonder if those are the old ones. Yeah, from back, you know. Yeah, that's who those are for. Because uh, so I don't, that? I have no idea like what the timeline is for like when the drive-in started to fall off. Oh man! But I don't know. It that's was a trip, though, man. That was a trip. Yeah. So we did that. Uh, my brother-in-law came home this week earlier than expected, which was fucking amazing. Because that's I, so cool. You know, as you know, if you're a listener, if you're a new listener, uh, I just became an uncle again, right? So this is my fourth. My fourth nephew actually I got four nephews. Wow. Um, yeah, that's <clears throat> that's crazy because I don't have any. Yeah, and so this is this is the first one from my brother-in-law, so like my married family, um, or from yeah from my sister-in-law from my married family, and my brother-in-law was uh, he was out to sea. He's he's in the military, um, but he got he came back earlier than expected, which was awesome. Uh, so we got to hang out with him a little bit. We're gonna see him again tonight. We're gonna go out to dinner and shit. We got some nice. other people coming into town, so we did that. Uh, it dropped a new episode on Monday. We're, you know, doing good numbers with listens, dropping descents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some that... reviews on iTunes now. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, for real. Word. I looked it up this morning. It's awesome. Word. Really helps out the show. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Cause I, I, <laughs> that's so funny. I didn't even do the normal intro thing. <laughs> so <laughs> before we start, I thought you were crazy. trying something new. I was yeah. just going to roll with it. But yeah, anyways, yeah, welcome back to Salt of the Streets podcast. Uh, find us wherever you find your podcast, because obviously you're listening to this now. Oh God, but uh, yeah, we're the Everyday Normal Person podcast about uh, weekly part. news, social political commentary, and life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, being American, because America's awesome. America. And uh, yeah, hit us up on our Instagram and Facebook, Salt of the Street. Give us a like, give us a follow. 
Follow the uh, YouTube channel, Salt of the Streets, on YouTube. What's your Twitter, Offie? My Twitter, at Big Bird Offie. Mine is at Salt of the Street. Everywhere else is Salt of the Streets. Word. And as always, big uh, reach out to the listeners, wherever you're listening to this. If you haven't yet, even if you have, just jump in again. And... uh, (laughs) Jump down in the review. Yeah, give us a give us a review. Leave us a, Leave us a comment. It really helps like out. Uh, help get the show out there. Yes. And so now back to the rest of your week. That's it. What did you it? do this week? Yo. So this week was interesting. Um, last weekend after the show, because we shot the show twice last week because yes. of that my little incident, uh, which was a uh, kind of an eye opening experience. I went down because I think we talked about it on Sunday. Yeah. Last week. So I don't need to rehash it, but you know, been trying to like work on a really healthy diet, get more sleep. passed out last week. Stay hydrated. Yeah. It was a a fun experience. Um, But yeah. So yeah. Last weekend I did pass out. Yeah. And so that's why we had the, the, the chop up of the episode. Yeah. Uh, We just left it in there because we figured, you know, we're not trying to hide anything. It is what it is. Right. You know? And so, yeah, we left it in there, and so which was great because while editing it, I got to listen to it like thirty times. Yeah, and <laughs> just also, relive that as whole a experience. Public service announcement: to be aware that you should definitely eat and make sure you're staying hydrated and healthy. And if you feel weird, you know, yeah. do something about it. Yeah, it's, it's not okay to just starve yourself. Nah, you know, even if you know, like I think I've been doing it for so long, I wasn't hungry much. And so, like, you know, but you got to, you know, we're, our bodies are, are machines, man. You got to feed the machine. And if you need help, otherwise it out, falls apart. You know, like eating disorders and shit, not that you have an eating disorder, no. but eating disorders and shit is really, really common, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you need help, reach out, like talk to somebody. You know, sure. that's important. Like nutrition and eating correctly is very, very, very important. You know, I, I would never say that I am the, the pinnacle of health, but I definitely have tried to eat better and shit. I know I feel better now mm-hmm. you know so we well, talk about that later because like, we feel like such like, shit we had so yeah. much fucking sugar last <laughs> night so right yeah uh but yeah other than that like i had to uh because it was like a adrenal fatigue which ended up actually causing it like my body ran out of adrenaline and uh caused a you know an instant drop in blood pressure and so yeah. i just went down um slumped bro was yeah like, I was on my way. I was like, I'm going to grab the microphone. I'm going to be a champ. I'm going to do it on the ground. I'm just going to sit on the ground. (laughs) That did not work. That shit was wild. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I feel, what's funny is you feel so shitty afterwards uh, for like a number of reasons. You still felt shitty when you got to my house on Sunday. Yeah. Like two days later. Oh, yeah. No, it was, I, I'm still not feeling 100% yet. Like uh, my doctor said it could be couple days it could be a couple weeks be a couple months it depends you know the only thing that helps your adrenaline glands like you know get back up is like sleep and you know good nutrition obviously um but uh i was gonna say the other thing about you know not only eating and stuff but you'd be surprised how many people are dehydrated on an everyday basis like constantly they just don't really drink enough water and uh you know, a lot of people, like when you're at work and stuff and everybody gets, you get kind of like a real mild headache and it just bothers you and you don't know why. Maybe you didn't sleep enough last night or whatever. But a lot of times you're dehydrated. And if you just drink water, like your headache could go away. It's right. a huge factor. 
Water's a good first yeah. step. For Cannot be stuff. underestimated. But uh, so, anyways, enough about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the road to recovery from that has been like long. All all weekend, like I could get up and go eat. I think we had breakfast Saturday, and then I came home, and my body said, "No, you got to sleep now." Yeah, and I passed back out, and just been slowly working up the rest of the week. You know, uh, and I wanted to watch a bunch of movies because I was like couch and bedridden. Right. But the problem was, I like I couldn't cheat. Like if I laid down, I was out like a light. <laughs> I couldn't even, uh, which was cool because then we made up for the movies uh, yesterday. Ooh yeah. Uh, but other than that, man, uh, Mother's Day is on Sunday, so and lots of prep work for Mother's Day. You know, a lot of people get together for those barbecues and love your yeah. mother. And absolutely, don't just give her a card or a phone call. <laughs> yeah, which I feel like I've been guilty of in in the past before. So sorry, ma. Uh, <laughs> But no, man, weather's been pretty awesome all week, so working has been great. Because when you work outside, you know, you like the good weather. Yeah. I'm like, my wife is from South America, and I'm tanner than her right now. She hates it. <laughs> it's a good place to be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, man, just trying to uh, stay focused on the news. It's been an insane week. And so it's just been a constant. I think I sat down in my office every single night. And just went through articles and updated things from watching Philip DeFranco and just, you know, constantly staying up to date because there's just so much happening this week. Yeah. Yes, definitely a lot happening. We have a a lot to discuss. Mm -hmm. It's going to be sick nasty. I had a really funny story. I was going to, I told you about last night at dinner. And I was debating all week whether or not to, like, tell you the story. Yeah. Because I didn't know if I wanted to, to say it on here or not. But I started thinking about it. Uh, yeah, I just don't think it'd be funny the second time around. I don't know about the fanny packs. Yeah, about no. the fanny packs. Okay, okay, I'll I'll get into it. So, uh, uh, yeah, I I travel around a lot for my job yeah. in the local area, and uh, I ran into this dude. I had a confrontation with a not even a confrontation. I I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I had a I had a joking conversation a with a stranger who wore a fanny pack. And I remember us talking about fanny packs the other day, yeah. and I that instantly came to my mind. I was like, "Dude, this is ridiculous!" <laughs> like it was, it was. So, anyways, I went in to go talk to this guy. <laughs> I had to ask him a question. I just had to talk to somebody, and uh, uh, so I asked the guy uh, the question, and it was you know work related, so I don't want to get into it. But and then I uh, I had to pee really bad, and so I was like, is, "I mean, is there any way you know, I could maybe use the bathroom?" And, uh, so he came out and I had to go through like a bunch of like security doors with like coded locks and everything just to get to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I, I went in and I started, I stood up at the urinal and you know, that's like daydream time. You start thinking about stuff while you're just staring at the wall. Right. And I was like, what did I just witness? I saw something in there that just, it stuck out to me and I couldn't figure out what it is. And, uh, so I walked out. And I looked at the guy and he, cause he was saying something to me. And, uh, I looked and he's like this, probably like middle, late forties guy, you know, he's balding, you know, very, very pale, had like a, you know, uh, a super like nerdy, you know, really weird, uh, what do you call that? The crosshatch patterns, the plaid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't think of plaid, but yeah, this like really, you know, short sleeve plaid, like, 
you know, pocket like square shirt. type looking shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Tucked into some like khakis that were like hiked up and, uh, but he had on a, a big old fanny pack. And I big was like, fanny oh. Pack. Oh, so this is that's what it was. That this this whole thing is throwing pack. me off. But even if even you're more do so, it, then do it. But don't let anybody tell pack. you that you can't. That's right. That's the real point here. I want to know this dude has every right to rock the fanny pack, and I'm only oh, going to judge funny. him accordingly. <laughs> oh, the tale of doom. <laughs> so funny, bro. But this dude, it was so funny. Uh, you want to sit down? Oh yeah, I can't even talk about the. The conversation we had. <laughs> Way to All go, that stuff, yeah, It was too close to everybody. home. Just move but, the fuck on. What do you but the fanny pack <laughs> yeah. threw me off. I actually I saw a dude with a fanny pack in 2018. Should have given know? him one of your business cards. I should have. <laughs> like, hey, we talked about fanny packs one time. We did. <laughs> hey, so I noticed you're wearing a fanny pack. How do you start that conversation, Don? <laughs> and it, I feel like if if I was somebody that sported a fanny pack and somebody came up and was like, hey, uh, so you're, I noticed you're wearing a fanny pack. I'd probably be like, okay, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, no, this is not a conversation I want to have. Do you think you would yeah. get like instantly defensive? I, I would. I'd be like, what are you going to say, bro? Huh? What do you got to say about my fucking fanny pack? Maybe fanny I like my fucking fanny pack. It's a choice that I make myself. That's okay? right. It's a lifestyle decision. It's a lifestyle decision. You can't judge my lifestyle. <laughs> but no, other than that, no, that was all my week. It was it, it was a pretty good week. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Good right. recovery week. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you Me have, too. Do you have something you want to wish? What do you want to? What do you want to talk about first? Yeah, because we talked. Okay, so the big three were North Korea, Gina Haspel, and the Iran nuclear deal. Yes. I think uh, maybe we'll we'll end on a more optimistic note. Mm-hmm. I think we can end with some North Korea stuff because right. I think that it's a little bit more optimistic. Yeah, and we can tie that in with the Iran deal a little bit. Yeah, and so I cool. think we should make torture the first. I mean, uh, Gina Haspel <laughs> the first. <laughs> we'll talk right. about Gina Haspel. We can do that. So Gina Haspel, this motherfucker. Oh, so reference before this. Um, yes. One of the main reasons I wanted to talk about this was because um, it was a CIA director uh, confirmation hearing with the yes. Senate. And because it's on C-SPAN during the middle of the day, yes. I couldn't hear it. I couldn't listen to it. And oh, it's, you know, it's three or four hours long and it's, it's hard to watch that in, throughout the week. Yeah. So I'm really glad that you have that ability. And so I need to tap your knowledge on some of this stuff. I think it's a unique opportunity because like, look at, look at all this shit that I have here for. Oh, there's so many that's, notes. That's all confirmation. Wow. Just because I, when I could, I would write down what senator it was that was asking the questions mm-hmm. and then like the shit that they said so that I can be a little bit better, yeah. a little more, you know, legitimate reporting and shit. Yeah, especially um, with like knowing the, <coughs> the game that is these confirmation hearings, you know, like there's certain ways that it's done. Yeah. You know, and so you kind of have to understand the rules of the game exactly. to really take everything in proper context. Yeah. So we had discussed Gina Haspel before a couple of weeks ago when yep. this whole when her confirmation came about or yeah when her nomination came about right uh, when Mike Pompeo got nominated to be the Secretary of State she was moved up from direct from Deputy Director to Acting Director and then was nominated to be the full time Director of the CIA 
So there's all kinds of controversy around her before she even got there, right? So the first thing that should be said is that for, I think, 30 years, she was an undercover agent with the CIA. Yeah, right? she's a ghost. So she's a professional ghost. A majority of her professional career is classified and no one in the general public can see it, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the people on this, or all the people on this. Uh, the committee? Yes, all these people, all these people could see it. Um, but most people can't, right? And so there's all, and we'll talk about. Talk a little bit about that later because mm-hmm. there's some real fucking sketchiness about what is and is not being put out or what is and is not being declassified about her mm. history, right? Um, and who is making those decisions. Um, yeah, I can so, imagine, especially given the fact that it's the CIA. Yes. Uh, so, so a lot of the really sketchy shit uh, that she's done, not a lot of it. So the, the sketchy shit that she's done, right? The allegations around her. She... Actually, was the head, the operating officer, I think, of a black site in Thailand. And a black site is kind of like an off the books type of place where they did the enhanced interrogation stuff, the, which which is a a better way to say torture, right? That's, yeah, that's what that is. Um, and that's, but it's important because that's what they called it at the time. Yes, yeah. Because they legally found that waterboarding wasn't torture. Right. It was an at enhanced the time, interrogation yeah. technique. Right. And there was a whole system that was developed and meetings with congressmen that decided what and was not illegal and yeah. and all of this shit and. So that's that's a whole issue in itself, right? Uh, so there was also uh, ninety-two tapes, right, mm-hmm. um, of these enhanced interrogation techniques that had picture or that had images of agents in the CIA in them, right? Yeah. Excuse me. Um, it's an important and, part to point out about that. Yes. That part of the tapes. Yes, and that's overlooked a lot, right? Because that is and. So that's important, right? Is that there was there was these ninety two tapes and they were deleted, uh, not by Gina Haspel. The order was given by her boss, right? Because she was the chief of staff for, like the head something officer of counterterrorism. His name was, I think, Juan Rodriguez. I have it in Juan here. Rodriguez, I yes. believe. Uh, I think he's got a couple of books about <clears throat> his yes stuff. And so. Sh- it comes down on her because she's the one that passed the cable, which is like the uh, classified the, t- telegram. I think. Yes, right. That goes down through through the system that tells people to delete the videos, right? So she's mm-hmm. the one that sent the message to delete the videos. Another thing that's not covered well, right? And even I was slightly disappointed when I watched Philip DeFranco this week that he didn't cover this part, right? That he did not cover uh-huh. this part, I think, 100% accurately. <clears throat> Because he he did say that she wasn't the one that gave the order, but she passed down the order, right? Yeah. The thing that is important to know about that, right, is that they deleted those tapes after having been directly told by the White House, by the White House counsel, by the director of national security, by several people in the the executive branch, not to delete those tapes. Oh. And they did it anyway. They acted in direct insubordination, and that's the problem here, right? I mean, it's a problem that they deleted the tapes because... And this is one of the things they went over in the hearing. I don't, I think I have it in here which senator said it, but it's, I guess, a policy in the CIA that things are supposed to be copied digitally before they're deleted. And mm. these were not, right? Mm. So the, the footage is just all gone. And when she got asked about that, she's like, well, I'm not really a tech minded person. I didn't really think about it. Yeah, that's not a good right? answer. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's, that's not going to fly with me. The yeah. users did not consider that, right? So that's one thing that I think is. But is, even then, though. Yeah. Again, like because she's the one that just passed the message on, right? Is that her fault? 
I think. I mean, it was it. I think should she have stopped it if she knew about so it? So I think about it this way, right? If if I work for Carolina, right? Carolina works for you. Mm-hmm. You told Carolina and I, don't fucking throw this shit away, right? Don't fucking do it. Mm-mm. Carolina tells me, throw that shit away, right? Because we talked to somebody else. We talked to another lawyer that says, you guys have the right to do it. You are in your legal authority to do this, right? So Carolina tells me to throw this shit away. If I know that my boss's boss has told me not to do that, is it not my responsibility to not fucking do that? Because yeah, no. my, my direct superior told me to do it, but his direct superior, who's also like my boss. You yeah. Know? So is it, is it clear that she knew that the upper leadership said don't? I believe that it is. Okay. Yes. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. If that is factually the case, then that is a totally, that's a possible game changing situation. She was advised, so this was Senator King who was asking about this. Senator said it's policy to copy things before they're deleted and the interrogation tapes were not copied. She was advised by the White House and her superiors not to destroy the tapes and did it anyway. Haspel and Rodriguez. So that's what I have written down here. So, yeah. so then it, so then that is the case that mm-hmm. they were told by their superiors not to delete those tapes. And they, they had a meeting with a lawyer, right? And the lawyer told them that they were in their legal authority to do that. Like they had the authority to do that. But they were still told not okay. to, right? They were still ordered not to. Altogether. And that's the problem, right? He asked her, like, like, don't you think that that's like, like insubordination? You know, isn't that like, and it is, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And I mean, I guess that's, especially if it's not illegal technically. Yeah. Then that is insubordination because the only way you can actually do that is if it's an unlawful order exactly it's the same situation like in the military yeah you know you have so, to follow all lawful orders so that's something i think that is not covered 100 percent correctly right? yeah is that they they were like i said they were in their legal authority but were told not to and did it anyway and also didn't follow the policy to digitally copy them before they did it right before they deleted them because it's policy within the cia to do that yeah yeah and see right? yeah no, I get it. I mean, I get, I'm not going to lie. Just from the what I know of the CIA, like what I think I know of the CIA, given, I don't know, what we can know about it, it's clandestine nature. Um, like I would expect that kind of stuff from the CIA. And it, it's almost like if Gina Haspel wouldn't, um, if she wouldn't have resurfaced, or, you know, brought this whole conversation back up again. We, I don't know if we'd ever talk about it again. Cause that was, cause we talked about it for a while back when it happened, right? It was after it happened. Um, because that's when like torture actually became, I think waterboarding class, you know, then became torture. Yeah. If I remember correctly, but it hasn't been talked about since then. So it's interesting that it's coming back up again and we're like rehashing it out almost. It's coming up because. So a lot of the questions that were asked this time were about her personal her personal opinion on it, right? Yeah. Because now that she's the director of the CIA, the order would be given to her if 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 it's going to happen, right? Because as we know, Donald Trump has spoken several times in favor of torture. Says that it works, says that he would reinstate it, says that we should do it. Yeah. Has said that multiple times, right? So there was a lot of questions that were asked to her like about her personal feelings <clears throat> Excuse me. Theoretically, because she would be the one that would be given the order, yeah, to 
to start the new program. And I think right? that was even a directly asked question. At, Absolutely. At some point. What would you do if President Trump ordered you to reinstate waterboarding and she or said, torture? Oh, well, I don't think that that's something that would happen. Yeah. Right. Instead of answering the fucking question, right? Because she never actually said whether or not she thought that it was moral or immoral or if she agreed with it or didn't agree with it. She said once that she didn't think that it worked, but that they had received some valuable information when they yeah. were doing it. That was a complete. He's like, what the well, fuck? maybe she's speaking in like percentage terms. It's like odds are it's what you get out of somebody that's being tortured. It's going to be crap information. They're right. just trying to say anything. But it just so happens. But it just that so we happens received. that maybe, yeah. And so, and I can see that. But if that's that the case, she should mindset. be a little more specific. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, especially I don't know. when she gets asked two or three more times after that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because anytime she answered like that, she would get asked again. Oh, like, yeah. It's not like they would just do it one time. Because well, all, <clears throat> all those, because it's split along party lines. The questions are always split. Yeah. There's always a few outliers. But yeah, if if like somebody on the Democratic side doesn't get that question answered, like the next Democrat that's involved yeah. in that will ask the same thing, and it's just and they that way they can build up a you know a uh, a pattern of her not answering this question. Well, and yeah. I think that I think it's a very strategic move, but yeah. You, but anyways, well, yeah, I think that, that question, like Kamala Harris asked her, I think four times directly. Do you I, think dude, that that it is moral? I don't right? know if you saw it, and but uh, I actually because I don't. You know me, I don't like Kamala Harris, yeah. very much at all. I don't like a lot of what she's about. But I mean, I give her her. You know, I bowed to her capabilities in the committee hearings because she is a savage when i think as like me and an ag from california that's like part of the gym she just doesn't have any problem being a yeah. you know being no disrespect him but being a tough bitch you know what i'm saying yeah. and i think that that's that's yeah. one of the things i like about her you know is that regardless of what her politics are because you're right she can be like like pretty left-leaning for me mm-hmm. you know but i still i appreciate that <clears throat> excuse me and i told a lot of people this this week that i feel like she is very in tune with the idea that she is a public servant, right? That her job is to be there and ask the questions that, that need to be asked mm-hmm. and get the people the information that needs to be given to them. You know what I'm saying? And she's very good. I have noticed that she's very good about almost like narrating what's going on without like doing that, you know, because I think she's also aware that yeah. some people are watching what's going on on TV. So mm-hmm. when Gina, Ma- when Gina Haspel is skirting a question, she says, okay, so you're obviously not going to answer this question and then moves on to her next one. Yeah. You know, so if you're, yeah, she's a pro. So if she you're really only is. halfway listening, you know, then she's telling you this, she's not going to answer this question. I've yeah. asked her three times. She's not going to answer the question. So yeah. I'm just going to move on, you yeah. know, and that's good because I hate it when, uh, especially some of the older senators. Yeah. Um, <laughs> older senators. They're all, you know, but the really old ones that have been there for a long time, they will just, they'll spend their whole time just trying to hound at this one question. And it's, it's like, what well, you gotta, you gotta have to move on, man. Yeah. Like this is, you're not going to get that one next question, but they, they write it out old school, man. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, uh, sometimes they only get three minutes, you know, like this time was five minutes. Everybody got five minutes. Mm-hmm. So they did three hours of a, of an open session and they did three hours of a closed session after that where they can ask about classified shit and, and all the whatever. So there isn't any reporters in that one. It's just the, just the committee members and the, and the person that's being interviewed. Yeah. Um, so 
She started, she said, under oath, right, because she was under oath. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that she would not lead the CIA into another enhanced interrogation program, right? Yep. And, Which was good. That yeah. was a good answer. And then she would now follow an order to reinstate a, to reinstate a torture program, right? Yeah. Um, so the first thing I have here is from Diane Feinstein, and that's 92 tapes of one individual. Um, Haspel said that she was in favor of the destruction if if it was legal right and that's why they did is because yeah and that's anytime she got asked about like different morality shit she would talk about the legal reasons as to why they did it you yeah. know and all the senators would be like right i hear that but that's not what i'm fucking asking you like yeah. i understand that you acted legally i'm asking about morals i'm asking about how you felt on the inside about what's going on and how you feel on the inside about now about what happened, mm-hmm. you know? And I can understand because, you know, me and you listening to a lot of these types of hearings, I can understand situations where you would still want to dodge those questions. Um, that even if you could just say, you know, like, for example, when uh, Kamala Harris asked her if she thought, was it, was it that she thought waterboarding was immoral or torture was yeah. immoral? But I think it was just torture was immoral. And that, I believe, that's a question you can just say, no. That is a quick yes or no answer. You can back it up later and cover your ass hardcore for saying that you believe it's immoral um, and still be able to do that. But you don't try to to do the, the legal deflection of that kind of question because we have societally established and i think legally established that no it's it's not okay right and so you can agree the fact that it's immoral and the and then you can say you know at the time it was legal and the country was in a certain position that we decided that as immoral as it was or even if i thought it was the right thing then i could still look back on it today and say that it was immoral. Right. And I think she really, really fucked up that question. Yeah. I think if she would have answered that in a similar fashion, where she said, no, as of right now, no, I don't think it's a moral thing. I think it's very immoral, and that's why we have taken the steps we've done to get to where we are today. I don't necessarily agree with what we did, but I understand why we did it, and I have since changed, because that was 17 years ago. Right. And one time she she got close to that, right? Because... It was one of the times that Kamala Harris had asked her if she thought that it was moral. And she said, I agree with the higher moral standard that yeah. we have decided to take now. Right. Yeah. So her answers got weird on that one. It's not good. You know what I'm saying? Especially when, like you said, there is a, a there is an obvious better way that she could answer that question. Yeah. You know, I mean, even uh, like within the rules of the game, it's like I'm saying, because you can't just necessarily get up there and speak your mind because you're under oath and you can get caught in perjury and. Um, and so it's good usually to take those legalism or le- uh, what's legalese uh, answers out of it, you know, yeah. as a good alternative. But there's certain questions, like I said, that, you no, know, those are ones that you should answer. That would have gotten her her confirmation. And I don't know yet if she's been confirmed. And I, I don't was just think looking it's up been to voted see, on yet. Uh, what the I think the with. Mike Pence's vote in the Senate, if it's tied, yeah. I think they have the numbers to confirm her regardless. Because this goes to a full Senate vote? Uh, I believe director. so. Yeah. I believe it is. Because um, it's just a committee hearing followed by the vote yeah. of the full Senate. Um, yeah, so she also said that if she was asked directly to waterboard, we talked about this a little bit, that um, 
After she said that she didn't think that, that would happen, right? She said that she would advise the president that the CIA is not the place to do that anymore, right? Yeah. She tried to say a couple of different times, well, because we're not in the torture business and we've never been in the torture business, like, uh, whatever she said, category, uh, historically, you know, yeah, we have never been in, in the, uh, the torture business and we're just not the place, you know, for that to happen anymore. Which, yeah. again, you can kind of try and read as, as just something you know but yeah. it's not it's none of it's as good as she could have you know like it's not like you said it's not like the shit is not obvious there's yeah. very obvious ways that better ways that she could answer most of these yeah. questions and like i said the way i always kind of refer to it is if you follow the rules of the game if you look at it as a game not like in the the fun way but the fact that there's a, a way to play those hearings to to come out on top or you know there's obviously winning confirmation hearings and losing confirmation hearings yeah you know it's usually kind of you know you're up to bat are you going to strike out or are you going to get on base yeah and if you look at it like that um even though she may have like won the game uh she played it really poorly yeah. in my eyes because um, like i said yeah there was obvious questions that she could have answered the easy yes or no and she could have got in and yeah. still been able to defend herself, but yeah. And a lot of this, like I said, is really to was really to try and get her personal views on shit because now she's the one making those decisions, right? Yeah. So we were talking earlier about, and this is one of the things I thought Kamala Harris killed this, right? Um, because we were talking earlier about what is and is not being declassified about her record, right? Because some things have been declassified from the CIA record, but. Just positive things, right? Just things that make her look good, right? Mm-hmm. So Kamala Harris was asking her about, like, who's making those decisions as to, like, you know, what's getting declassified. She's yeah. like, oh, well, we're, we're following the guidelines that are set up, like, by the whatever, right? Yeah. So part of those guidelines is that the director of the CIA has mm-hmm. a say in what is, what is and is not declassified. Really? Right? So she said she's not... She's not exempting herself from from those currently set up guidelines, right? Mm-hmm. Which everybody in this room and I took to mean that she is having some say in in what is and is not being declassified about her record, right? Okay. And when Kamala Harris asked her directly if she would recuse herself from that decision-making process, right? Mm-hmm. She, she asked, asked if she would recuse herself from releasing her own private records because she was currently making those decisions and she would not answer. That's terrifyingly disgusting. So if you only watch five minutes, watch Kamala Harris question this woman. Yeah. Right? No, because I'm good. telling you, this is not this is not about the shit that she's done in the past. This is about shit that's happening right now, right? That this is just sketchy behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're a fucking CIA agent, you know, you, people have to accept shit that you've done, you know, especially if you're, if you're undercover like she was, you know, you gotta just accept shit that went down like that was part of her job, you know, and there was whoever is the head of, of this committee, right, said that she was possibly the most qualified candidate that's ever been confirmed for the position. Yeah. Right. It'd be the I first female to, CIA director. By I way. have to accept that that's probably the truth. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm also willing to accept some of the sketchy shit that she's done in the past, but I also would like some transparency on it so that I can decide how legitimate you are now. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'd like to see what your morals are now on some of the shit that you've done because it's fine to look back on it, like you said, and be like, I don't agree with it. You know, I did it at the time. I wouldn't do it now. Yeah. You know, because she had, she, she did say now that she, uh, would not reinstitute the program and or- that she wouldn't destroy the tapes today. She wouldn't support a decision to destroy the tapes today. Yeah. You know, uh, at the time that she did, but she wouldn't support that decision yeah. now. I mean, you could know? it be? Cause she even mentioned something about the fact that there was a lot of leaking. At that time. Yeah. And that apparently had played a role in their decision to delete the tapes to cover up the identities of yes, the agents involved. She said at the time it was dangerous for them to have those because there was a possibility that shit got out, you yeah. know, and that the Taliban would be able to retaliate on some of those mm-hmm. agents. But that that's a judgment call. There's no SOP for that. There's no standard oper- operating procedure. There's no precedent probably. Yeah. It was somebody, apparently her boss's call that said, no, we're... We're going to destroy those. But the boss's boss said no. Direct order to not destroy them. Yeah. Which was, is direct insubordination. Yeah. And that it's, you know, following the chain of command, you as, say, like the second in command, like that, also have to make a judgment call of whether or not you're going to be a part of that mutiny, I yeah. guess, or not, you know. To, that's an extreme word for it, but that's, I think, a good characteristic right. of what it would be like. Right. Um, and then I was just looking the uh, the balance in the Senate is like a f- uh, it's basically fifty one Republicans, two independents, and forty seven Democrats, and so that if they need a fifty one vote majority, they've got that already. Um, I mean, but if, if they everybody the votes 60, on party lines, but then you still got to count for like Rand Paul and all those people that may or may not, because there's a lot of people who aren't. In- I mean, yeah, I don't, John I don't, McCain is not in favor of this no. woman being confirmed. You know, there's a lot of people on that side that are not in favor of her yeah. being confirmed. So I think, uh, I think uh, what's her uh, Collins, uh, Senator Collins, Susan from, Collins, Susan Collins from Maine. Yeah. I think, if I remember right, she's not going to vote yes. Um, yeah, I can't I believe that that's the case. Um, don't quote us on that, but yeah. I believe that that's but, yeah, the case. I think but that's what I heard. But yeah, that's assuming, like I said, that all 51 Republicans vote for it. And I don't think that they all would. Like I said, yeah. John McCain, for one, is not in favor. And, and he was enough to, to fuck over healthcare or whatever, whatever that was the, that they yeah. did. I mean, whatever that bill was going to be. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, the, uh, healthcare bill. That's what it was. Yeah. Walked in. Yep. Fuck this shit. I, dude, that was dropped. Drop mic on stage. Yeah. And so a lot that's of theatrics, but yeah. motherfucker did his job. Hell yeah! I mean, especially I don't know. I mean, and I don't, I don't see, and I obviously don't, don't know like a lot of his history politically. I mean, I know about like his war history and shit, mm-hmm. um, not in depthly, but I, I um, I'm asking for his but, book for my birthday, by the way. Words, um, but I also don't know how likely he would be if he plays the politics games to want to help Donald Trump when Donald Trump has shit on him openly and somebody in his yeah. no, in his council doesn't. just said, well, who cares because he's going to die soon anyway. Yeah. You know oh. what I'm saying? Like yeah. that just happened, you know? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how likely a lot of those people are going to be willing to help Donald Trump with some shit like this when no. they're yeah. openly shitting on John McCain, who, yeah, if you don't know, is the senator from Arizona, Arizona and who was a prisoner of war. For seven uh, years. Yes, for seven, for seven years. Mm-hmm. God damn. Who and, apparently uh, has a narrative around him, like he? Somebody wrote an article about Songbird. Yes, that's McCain. what the guy called him, Songbird. Yeah. Yep, and Songbird John. Apparently, because um, I haven't looked into that yet, I literally just heard it. Um, but apparently, there's absolutely zero evidence whatsoever that he quote unquote sang like a bird. Yeah, I, mean, I love politifact. 
Yeah. I love PolitiFact. If you don't know what PolitiFact is, PolitiFact is a website that fact checks anything that a politician says. You can fucking go there and look up by politician, I believe, shit that they've said, and it will tell you whether or not it's a true. And they have like a meter, you know, that tells you mm-hmm. how true it is. And that's this one was a complete lie on that. There's yeah. no truth to that at all. No, because you, know? you can't. You can't prove that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that, yeah, that's a side note aside. But like, I think that plays a big factor in John McCain's latest attitude towards politics. I mean, I think he's along, like Jeff Flake is one of those people who's yeah. stepping down. I talked about that in my dissent, like the amount of Republicans that are stepping down from public life because they're like, if this is the new game, I'm not playing anymore. This is bullshit. Paul and, Ryan. Yeah, you know, Paul Ryan stepping down. <clears throat> he said for family things, but he also said on... I think Jake Tapper that, you know, he didn't have a good relationship with the president and it nope. wasn't a positive environment really. Yeah. And so, but I think that's exactly the same mentality that John McCain has now. Ever since you look at his behavior, ever since he got diagnosed with brain cancer, yeah, he doesn't give a fuck anymore. Mm-hmm. He is speaking his mind as he truly believes he should. I think everything that we get from John McCain now is com- his 100% completely honest, no political bullshit. That's exactly the way he feels because he has nothing left to lose. Yeah. And he figures, why not? And I think that shows a big, you know, why he's made such a big change in his attitude about just talking shit. He's like, no, this is the way I feel. You yeah. know, like he went on about his torture thing. I think I went on and retweeted it, talking about Camilla Harris's question and then John McCain's tweet and how they speak to each other. Right. Oh, for sure. So the last couple of things I have here. Um, let's see. She said that she would not swear loyalty to Trump if she was asked. Um, and then she also said that she didn't think that, that was very likely. And I didn't write down who asked her this, but whoever did said, well, I think that like there's some evidence to say that that might happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like that if if James Comey is correct, you know, then there's some evidence that maybe this has already happened before. So maybe it's a hypothetical question that we should talk about a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If it's even a possibility, maybe we should talk about that. Okay. And she still said that she didn't think that that was, that that was likely. And then she also was asked if she would inform the committee, um, if that happened. Yeah. And she still was like, I don't don't know that. I don't know. I don't don't know if it's our place. Yeah. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah, because that, no, that is literally, I mean, the CIA director has a political position for a reason. Yeah. You know, it's so that, you know, government has a direct line into the agencies that it's created. Right. And so that's why, like, the director positions, just like the FBI director, you know, I think the FBI, well, FBI director is appointed by DOJ, right? I believe so. But it's still, it's an appointed position. Yeah. And it's because... Those are your your lifelines between government, the executive branch, the the Senate, the House of Representatives. Those are your your tie-ins to that. Right. Your lines of communication. And, but so I just wanted to um, touch on one last thing real quick. Yes. About what you said earlier about uh, the the fact that she has a say in what gets declassified. Yes. Now. My understanding was because after that question was asked, I think it was it's either Senator, I think it's Senator Grassley, whoever the, the chairman is, like clarified where it came from and the fact that there is a, sounds like there is an office, a governmental office that creates those procedures. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm assuming without knowing 100% that in combination with that office, she also has a say. 
but I wouldn't say that she's directly. I don't know. No, and if, I, how I, much sway she and has. And I wouldn't want to say that that's the case because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she is having. Yeah. You know, like I said, how much influence she has mm-hmm. on that, but. The fact that, and I think, like you oh, said, the that fact it's, that it's, she it's, has a, the a regulations have, at have all. been set up in place. And I think this is just like a hiccup in the system that's allowed something like this to happen, you know, mm-hmm. that it just didn't really think about it when they were putting the rules in place, you know? Yeah. So, like I said, I don't want to say that, that she has a huge sway on what's going on, but I would also think that if she didn't really have any say at all, she would have said that. Yeah. You know, she would have said, yeah, she like, I'm said, following the guidelines, but we're also would have say that she was willing to just recuse herself from it at all, you know, but yeah. that makes me think, and that's why coupled with that, that makes me think that she has a hand in something yeah. that's going on or else if she didn't, you know, it's, it's the same idea with like, uh, Jeff Sessions, right? He's mm-hmm. like, well, if I don't have anything to fucking hide, I'm just going to recuse myself and just not, mm-hmm. I'm just going to separate myself from the Russia thing so that nobody can say that I'm colluding or doing any type of weird anything and yep. and just whatever, you know? Why would you not do that? Why would you not do the same thing if you're, if you're innocent, if you're not doing shit? So, you know, mm-hmm. you're right. Let me just, let me tell you right now while I'm under oath that I'll recuse myself tomorrow when I'm out of here. And then I won't have anything and, to do. And with that's it. not even yeah. like something that would require a lot of political experience. No, I think to you know. just announce you just it. be you like, hey, especially somebody if you're in. I don't know how much actual, you know, investigative like law enforcement the CIA does. I don't think right. it really works like that. I think the FBI is more of the investigative yeah. body. The CIA but I mean, is like I the, feel like the as, intelligence gathering yeah, body. Like you probably have an idea of how investigations go. I mean, you should know that. Okay, if this is going to be about me. I should probably step back, especially if you knew you were nominated at that point. It would look, it'd be a really good political move. Exactly. Yeah. So now that she's, now that it's a political position, I mean, that's, you got to play the game. Yeah. No. So I appreciate that because, because that's correct. I, like I said, Mm -hmm. I would not want to imply that because I don't know. I don't have any way to know for sure, you know, that the hardest part about whether or not, like if I was a senator, whether or not you vote yes or no. Yeah. Would you, I think you would vote no? I at this point would vote no. But um, but if you were a senator in that position, um, you would know. You know what you want to hear because they're already playing the game. But if you have no political experience, and she's just gonna go up there and try to play, you know, the cover your ass game, right? You're gonna make a lot of bad moves. And so I don't know whether to condone that or just the fact that everything around this decision. Is based off of like a, a couple topics and that's it. Because right. she's got such a clandestine background. There's it's, so much gray. It's right. so hard to read through. Because when I try and think about it, not even objectively, right? If I was, like you said, if I was sitting on that committee, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be even more understanding than I am as a private citizen of the shit that you've done in your past. Right? Yeah. I know as a member of Congress... You fucking do what you got to do because you're the CIA and that's what you guys do. Yeah. So I'm going to in be, our world now, and I know I'm going to be even yeah. more understanding that. But I'm going to take your behavior right now and how you have acted as the director of the CIA, right? And that's what I'm going to be looking at. And if you mm-hmm. can't be fucking honest with me right here, and if you can't recuse yourself, you can't tell me that you won't swear loyalty. You can't tell me that you won't waterboard if the president tells you to. Why? You know, why I should I fucking trust you right now? Why should I want to put you in this in the, mm-hmm. as the head of the CIA? Because essentially, you know? you're going to become a politician. This is a trial by fire situation. <laughs> you are now going to be in the political game, and I don't think you can handle yourself well enough to play right. the game. Right. Even if you can look past her moral issues, 
or not or the gray area around that to make a judgment call like that i think that's a really good way to look at it just the fact that i mean you remember how much uh mike pompeo had there was so much involvement with him with north korea before he left to become secretary of state like that's the kind of stuff that the cia director can be asked to do yeah and so just i mean and that takes a solid diplomatic politician and if you can't prove yourself to be that, regardless of what I think on your morality behind torture, I won't vote for you then either because right. you're not going to be what we need. Exactly. And so there's a lot of reasons, I think, to say no, not based on her past at all or anything, even the shady shit. Just, the, just on just the political right level. Now. You know, yeah, think, just shit going on right know, now. I like the fact that she's a, a 30 plus year vet of the CIA. Absolutely. So I, un, I think she is a very, she's probably really, really qualified and to that's, do the job. And that's, I also would not doubt that, right? And that's what I said yeah. is if, because uh, I, I think it is Chuck Grassley. Either he's, yeah. he's the chairman or the, or the, like the, co-chairman or yeah. what the fuck ever right one of them said that like i like we said earlier that she was possibly the most qualified person to come in to be confirmed for that position mm-hmm. right i've i have no doubt of as that, far as the know? cia side as of it. far as your qualifications yet yeah, to work yeah. in the cia right yeah. to like be in but there yeah. right but they were there like we said to to talk about the moral the moral implications in, in what's going on. Because there. now you're going to be a politician. Right. And that's how it works. Now you're that's playing how, both games. Yeah, like that's what politicians get elected yeah. for. And it's no different, except it's a very small election. And I think that those questions about about the loyalty and about waterboarding and stuff being by being asked by the president, I think that's important because kind of regardless of how you feel about James Comey, you know, and like his attitude and shit, if what he said he did is true, then that's what you want from somebody in that position. Is yeah. If you see someone sketchy, to be writing it down because you're like, there's something weird here, you know, and I don't know if it's totally illegal or if it's nothing at all, but I got to write it down because it's weird, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know, man. The fact yeah. that she wasn't even willing to say that she would like tell anybody about it or even say if that does happen, you know, I don't think it's likely, but if that does happen, no, I won't. You yeah. know, that's, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. No, I think for me, there's supposed to be a separate body. There yeah. was enough sink or swim questions asked. Um, enough. Uh, she had enough strikes for what I care about against her that I don't think I would have voted for. Her. And I no. think that's not even based on. I don't think you even had to get into her character at that point. No. Just there was enough there, I think, already that in nope. the hearing itself. Yeah. I think, nope, I wouldn't do it. <clears throat> so if you have the three hours. I, I mean, I don't think it's a waste of time at all. Um, you can totally skip the opening statements, which is probably an hour altogether. She fucking talks for so goddamn long in the yeah. beginning of that. Um, so you could skip all <laughs> that. I wanted to that. hear her so, so much because, much like Jared Kushner, sometimes we know a lot about these people. They're yeah. very controversial. They're very in the news, but we've never heard them speak. Right. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, an hour was way too long. But the, but the actual um, questions... Excuse me. I think is more than worth listening to. Absolutely. Um, and like I said, if nothing else, listen to listen to Kamala Harris because I think that five minutes was really really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was one of the all stars. Yeah. And she usually is. You know, I would say yeah. that she usually is when she's when the hearing is uh, is is in one of her committees. Yeah. So, so I think we could probably wrap that up, tie a bow on it. Yeah, yeah, I and, think that's uh, pretty much it for Gina Haspel. Well, I think that should the vote comes, I think the vote is on Monday, actually. Okay. Um, so we'll see. I'll definitely be tweeting about that. Obviously, I'll be letting people know kind of what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 
Obviously, I, don't want to. I don't know. You know, I, I feel mixed about it. You know? Me too. I I don't feel t- totally positive about it. Cause like I said, I don't like her behavior. You know. Yeah. But I ju- I have a serious problem with like the attrition rate that we talked about last week. You know, yeah. I'm so tired of all this fucking turnover because you can't get anything done if nobody's there to do it, or if you got too many people in there with different ideas and different goals yeah. and. Yeah, shit's just dangerous. You know, I want somebody to get confirmed. I want them to be so un politically unspectacular that yeah. they get confirmed with a majority vote of you know a vast majority vote, put in their office, you know, sit in their chair, and then do their job. I yeah. don't want to hear about it because that way I know for the most part it's probably working. Yeah. Um, but just to before we leave, just know that this the Gina Haspel thing is so big, and there's a million different threads that go into it we only scratch the surface believe it or not because we were focusing on the confirmation hearing right. mostly but there are so many threads attached to that there's no way I right. mean, you could sit there and have a three-hour conversation every day for a week if there yeah and if there's anything else that you know that we didn't cover or that yeah. you think that i'm overlooking or that i didn't get right and if i got something wrong let me know you yeah know, reach out to me instagram twitter anything and let me know that i have something wrong because i don't want to be yeah. I don't want to be saying anything that's not correct, right? And yeah. I'm. And we'd love to hear your opinion on it. Absolutely. You know, we have. What on do you our think website, about all this information yeah. that we just gave you, as opposed to things that you may or may not have seen in the media? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, on our website we have a commenting section. Yeah. Uh, don't be afraid to hit us up there, saltofthestreets.com. Hit us up on any of our social medias. Like that's what we want to do. We want to, you know, we're here to help bridge the gap between both sides and yes. having honest conversations is the only way to do it building bridges and that's what we want to do we want this isn't just about me and don talking or when we have guests this is about reaching out and trying to have conversations with you and that's what we want to focus on here so get in there in the comments even on the in the youtube pre-show anywhere you know we check that stuff all the time hit us up let's get the conversation started absolutely and on that note there's been some interesting uh, situations in the Middle East lately. Yeah. Centered around Iran. Iran, Iran. Tehran. Or as I, I hear, I keep hearing about it. I think it's from uh, Bibi Netanyahu, the prime minister of yeah. Israel. But uh, Persia. Some people are still... Oh, no, no, no. This is on the BBC. Oh. Because of the way the UK refers to the geographic layout of the it's world. It's like the Persian Gulf. Yeah. They still Jesus. call like... Uh, like uh, part of the Middle East and stuff, they still call that Asia. They just call it Asia. It's part of Asia still. You're just you're you're not in Africa yet. There's you're just Asian. Interesting. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, but then they also talk about Persia. I mean, they have a BBC Persia office. Who says that? Yeah, well, it's, it's <laughs> the UK, man. That's why it's they, weird. Yeah, they have uh, different names for a lot of stuff. I feel like if you called someone Persian in America, they almost would think that was a slight. You know, like they were, they were well, like, man, that especially in 2018 anymore. America. <laughs> you can't 2018, everything's a slight in 2018. I think yeah. it'd be dope. I, dude, if I was from that area, like, um, uh, on commentary, I can't remember his name now and it's killing me. Uh, but the, uh, Sorab Mamari. Sorab Armari. Armari. Or okay. Armari. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's like their lead writer, I think, at commentary. Yeah. And, uh, but, He's from, I think he's, his parents were Iranian immigrants. Yeah. And uh, so, like, I can imagine somebody like him taking pride in the fact that, like, yeah, I'm Persian. I mean, that's a, 
knowing what I know about the Persian Empire, I think that's something people could be very proud of. Yeah. But anyways, not in 2018 America. You can't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So when we talk about Iran, we are talking obviously about, uh, or maybe not obviously, we're talking about the Iran nuclear deal, right? Mm -hmm. Something that was instated during the Obama administration. Do you remember what year? Was it 2015? I think it was 15, if I remember right. And then like actually instituted in 16 and Mm -hmm. then 17... And yeah. then the election happened. And yeah, and it was a, it, I mean, it was a very, it was an accomplishment. It was a yeah. big accomplishment, probably on the level of Trump's tax plan accomplishment. Yeah. That's the way I think that was their level of accomplishment yeah. feeling. So Iran was a little bit of extra, and Iran was working towards a nuclear weapon, right? Mm-hmm. They, or just figuring out the nuclear everything, you know, which almost inevitably, and almost inevitably leads to a nuclear weapon, right? Yeah, um, refer to North Korea. Right. Um, and so, and the, the U.S. and the EU had like a whole ass load of sanctions on Iran, right? Tons. B- before the Before the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the deal was passed so that they could retain some of their nuclear materials like a little bit of it right uh-huh. but they had to tone down like the isotope levels or some shit so that you can't actually do anything with it right yeah. i think the refinement process if i remember correctly was instead of being an unlimited amount i think it throttled it to no more than like 3.6 percent yeah and that's where that kick the can down the road stuff comes in but mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later yeah um and also there is an international group, the IAEA, yeah, the International IAEA. Alliance. Oh, don't even ask me what it means. For but. it has to do with nuclear shit, right? It's the, it it's the committee that came. From my understanding, it's the committee of nations that came together, yeah, to create the uh, what should have been a treaty, yeah, but. That way you could still negotiate it and you couldn't just back out at any point. But it's now an organization. Yeah. It's now an organization and it's, um, think of it as the difference between something enshrined in legislation versus an executive order. Right. But it was a committee of nations that came together. I think it was the UK, the EU, America, Russia, and China. Right. Oh, and before we move on, so the, oh, yeah. uh, their nuclear program, not just they had to tone down their, like, the levels of their material, but also mm-hmm. they, like, had to close a bunch of refineries and shit like yeah. that, right? And, like, all their mines and stuff. Like, I don't think they were allowed to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's a lot uh, to it. Right. That, there's, it's a very, yeah. and so it's, that's, we have some information, not all of it, right? Cause it's, a, it's a, it's a big, yeah. it's a big thing. Um, and so, the other part of it, like we were talking about the inspections, is that this international body um, is allowed to come in and inspect the uranium mines and the mills, the centrifuge production, and uh, that's called verifiable assurances, right? Mm-hmm. So they Unless can it's assure, on a military yeah, base. Obviously, as it says in the name, verifiably assured that they're doing what it says in the agreement, that yeah. they're not trying to ramp up their production, they're not trying to process anything bigger, they're not trying to make anything better, they're mm-hmm. just leaving it as is, right? Yeah. Um, it's... It like we can get into like why Trump talked about it later, but that's one thing I think to to really understand before you go off this this agreement, this nuclear deal with Iran between these countries did not stop their nuclear program. Right. It just slowed it down. Right. And I think it's set to expire twenty twenty five or something. Right. It was like a twenty yeah, twenty year program, I think. Um And right, so it certainly was not to completely destroy it or denuclearize them, anything like that, right? Because mm-hmm. the fear, obviously, uh, with Iran, if they get a nuclear weapon, is 
chaos in the Middle East. Yeah. I mean, you know, that they would, the deal is Pakistan right next to them, right? That they would fire off on Pakistan because Pakistan is one of the nations that has nuclear weapons already. Yeah, correct? Pakistan has so. them. Uh, but their main issue is mostly with uh, more so India, the border they share there. But right. but yeah, that's, a, that's an aspect. Um, and then this new kind of weird quasi-friendly relationship between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Yeah. That's another thing they're worried about now, too, because Saudi Arabia, I believe, is a nuclear nation. Yeah. And so is Israel. Iran is also the number one state funder of terrorism. Right? Yeah. That's the case. So Including direct also, funding to Hezbollah. Right. and That's obviously you know. a problem if you have somebody that's directly funding terrorism programs. You don't want them having nuclear weapons because mm-hmm. then you have... Theoretically, you know, mm-hmm. feasibly, nuclear weapons in the hands of terrorists, yeah. or just funneling them a shit ton of money. Yeah, and that's we're the also last part thing, of the deal. right? Selling yeah. the energy, or you know, selling the weapons, doing whatever. Yeah, and just funneling them all the money from them. That's the last thing that you want. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, the same thing can be said for the fucking Saudis. You know, all the yeah. the arms deals, the continued arms deals with the Saudis is fucking ridiculous. You <laughs> I know love what I'm every saying? second. I, of I cannot believe it. That's a that's a deal for another day. Yeah, um, that's a whole another conversation. Right, that is an entirely new conversation. So also under the deal, the United Nations sanctions that they had with Iran were like uh, were terminated, and the European Union ended an oil embargo that they had on Iran. This this was all part of the nuclear agreement, right? The Iran mm-hmm. nuclear deal. Uh, so Donald Trump decided the other day that yeah, I think it was Wednesday or yeah. Thursday. Well, he said a long time ago that he was going to do it, but actually mm-hmm. announced the other day that he. Would not because he has to he has to sign off on it every like ninety days I think right that's that like that yeah um, and so he said this time that he would not he was not going to renew that yeah um, so yeah I think the deadline was March twelfth yeah but then word got out that um, it was going to be earlier and yeah since he didn't you know he didn't even wait for the report to come out again before he decided not to sign it he just he backed out he pulled the U- the America out of the deal yeah. But, yeah, because I remember I was mowing the lawn when I heard that. And I was like, oh, boy. Right. Here it goes. Um, but, yeah, there's so much to talk about with the Iran deal because I can't argue Trump's reasons for pulling this out. Um, I, but I don't think that you should have pulled out because of those reasons. But I can and, understand the fact that, like, we don't have access to inspect military facilities Mm -hmm. i think that is because you got under you know you have to believe that in a place like iran the the military has a pretty predominant nuclear program probably i I wouldn't put it past them um and so i think that should have been an issue the fact that there's a there the money that's getting funneled to them and then the way they spend it i think should be addressed and I think there's a lot to address with it, but I don't think you should have like necessarily pulled out of it. You should have renegotiated, maybe. Well, and the problem that I have it right um, is the problem that I have with it is not necessarily the doing away with it, right? Mm-hmm. But doing away with it and not having another plan in place. Yeah, right? and then just immediately imposing sanctions. And the, right, that's the same. They would. That's the same problem that. Oh yeah, and I don't know if we mentioned that, but he also said that they were going to immediately impose all those sanctions yeah, back. The harshest economic yeah. sanctions, right back on Iran, which um, would have included any nations that also do business right. with Iran when it comes to nuclear, and so that potentially puts our allies at odds. Right. So that's another aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the same 
you know, the same idea that I have with anything else. With DACA, with healthcare, you can't just fucking get rid of something. You know, you mm-hmm. have to have some idea of something else to put there instead of just getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just decide it's not going to be there anymore and fuck all those people over, you know. And it just, that group of people, that anybody that's going to be involved in that, you know, just fuck up that situation. Like mm-hmm. I, And I that speaks that. to, I think, the larger government problem of the the difficulty in shrinking government. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the same fundamental thing applies to the to pulling out of the deal. Because you should have something to replace it because we've established that this is an issue that we want to address. Right. And just by saying, well, we're not going to worry about this anymore. We're just going to sanction them. It's like, well, no, I mean, you still need to address the situation. Right. You know, that's why. Still have to do something. Yeah. That's why, like, places like CNN and stuff immediately, you know, started running with, uh, well, it's, you know, if we don't do this, this might cause war. Right. It's like, well, no, maybe, but probably not. And that's like the long-term idea that, like we saw, like we talked about, if they get a nuclear weapon, then that raises the potential for war, but obviously doesn't immediately lead to a war happening. Yeah. You know, it just yeah. raises the potential for something like that to happen, yeah. which nobody wants anyway. But no. it's, nobody does. It's not necessarily correct to say that it would immediately lead to a war. Mm-hmm. You know, which and then it starts doing a dis- disservice to the whole conversation that should be happening. Which right. is again, I think, you know, we obviously. I think it was a, a good first step maybe towards resolving the issue, but like you don't, you don't step back and just don't go down that path anymore. You already right. started it. You can't pull back anymore. And so if you pull back, you, you, you take a great risk of making things worse. Whereas if you try to say, Hey, we need to tighten up this deal, you know, do whatever you legally can do in the strange thing that is international law right. to make something work. You know, it's like, hey, I, I want to add these amendments to our agreement, like with the, you know, I want a you know, full stop of the nuclear program. I don't want to throttle. I want inspections on military bases. Like, I want to make this very, very strict. And it's, and then you deal from there and try to negotiate. But just to, just to back out before you even try, I don't like that. Yeah. That's and why I think ultimately I, I, I don't like the fact that we pulled out, but it's one of those 60-40 things. Probably yeah. not. It's like a 49-51 thing. One of the other things that I heard this week um, that I believe I was listening to The Intercept, right? Um, and I don't know if you – I don't know how often you listen to The Intercept anymore. Do you really just want to so tell much. you that it's like worth listening to? What's that? Really just when I like tell you that yeah, it's yeah, worth usually. listening to. Um, and so I listened to one. I believe it was The Intercept. It might have been Deconstructed. Uh, either way, it's by the same company. Um, but they were talking about the Iran deal, right? Mm-hmm. And they were talking about the possible implications that that has with what's currently going on with North Korea. The possible right. geopolitical implications. Yes, <laughs> the, the, right. Our favorite, our favorite word, right? Yeah. The geo, the possible geopolitical implications on that, right? Mm-hmm. And so the idea that they were talking about is that we're currently in in negotiations or, or going to start negotiations with North Korea, right? About their nuclear program, denuclearization, all this stuff, right? That happened once they were starting to test missiles and they were telling us, like, hey, we can hit the mainland. Like, mm-hmm. we're doing real shit. You know, we Donald Trump really ramped up everything full pressure onto North Korea, right? Yeah. So th- what they were talking about, that that could possibly look, from Iran's point of view, right, is that if they're here and they're making an agreement to limit their program and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, if you mm-hmm. follow that line of logic, right? Yep. And they see 
North Korea, when they had a nuclear weapon, when they were ready to go, that's when they got a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, so Iran could feasibly think, oh. well, all we got to do is just get a nuclear weapon. The precedent then, has already been set. Exactly, and yeah. then we can get a deal. That's all we have to do. So it's feasible to think, you know, that if this is happening with them watching the rest of what's going on, because it's, Iran is not a third world country, you know, they're there, they're established, they're, they got shit, they could feasibly follow that same line of logic that, well, yeah. if they're North trying Korea to force themselves into the so-called family of nations. Exactly. Just because like North Korea. W- yeah. Once you're in the nuke club, you're in. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't see that being too far-fetched at all. Exactly. That would, and that's good because it's usually, the I think because I heard it for either from the Daily or maybe the NPR up first or something, a lot of people are saying that North Korea would look at what we did in Iran backing out of the nuclear deal to, well, why would we make a deal with the United States? Because they'll just pull out. Exactly. That's the main narrative I got from yeah. from some of, you know, from the usual suspects. And I think that's, I think, the, one of the great things about The Intercept is that it's, it is not it's very infrequent. skeptical. That I go there and mm-hmm. it is a completely different point of view than anything else that I've heard that week. It's very right? true. That's so it's and and this it's, is Glenn Greenwald's publication. Yeah, right? Glenn Greenwald and Jeremy Scahill are the are the uh, the co. Jeremy's the host. Yes, yeah, right? he's the host yeah. of Intercepted. Um, they're the co-owners of of the Intercept mm-hmm. um, or the co-founders or whatever yeah. the fuck they're because it's basically are. the Intercept. Yeah, the intercept is is the publication. Is the publication yeah. and intercept did is, is the their podcast. podcast. Yeah. Um. So I. Well, that's thought really that, interesting. That's I thought cool. That was very interesting. You that's know, that, very. That's, I like that perspective on it. And that's scary, you know, because that's exactly what people don't want. You know, like we said, that's exactly what you don't want is for Iran to have nuclear weapons if it's you know the vein of them funneling them to terrorists or just using that money and funneling it to terrorists or anything. You know, mm-hmm. that's. That's not something that you want Iran to have. No. So, yeah, it's it's, it's <coughs> dangerous. I think to like we talked about to cancel this and not have a plan for it. Afterwards, yeah, I think know? so. I think it's incredibly irresponsible to like you said, just say fuck them. We'll just put sanctions on them and fuck them. You yeah. Know? And I think the sanctions part's what pissed me off the most. It's one thing to pull out, and then it's like, okay, well, let's maybe take a step back, let's reevaluate. Right. Let's look at this again. That'd be one thing, but to immediately in the same speech of announcing, you know, his official speech announcing to the public that we're pulling out of the Iran deal and we're going to impose the harshest sanctions. Yeah. It's like that, I think, was a bad move, but he is getting a lot of support um, from, you know, I think uh, from the commentary people, I, yeah. I heard that from Ben Shapiro, obviously. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I understand why they support it, but I think looking at the consequences or the possible consequences, I think it could have been handled a lot better. So I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't, I don't think we should have pulled out that I agree. at least right now, you know, maybe after negotiations. Yeah. But yeah, to not even try to negotiate and say, Hey, we're going to try to tighten these to not even try that. It, it, I think it sends the wrong message. Yeah. You know, I, to I the whole world. I agree. Even if I agree with the reasons, I don't think that we should have pulled out. Yeah. But that's kind of where I landed on it. I've been trying to take more of a less neutral position on things because, <laughs> you know, you give me shit for that all the time. Yeah. But do you know, want but, to know something? What's that? That I, I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, I told Jordan this week, so I think that I'm going to start 
when I catch Colin being too on the fence, I'm going to just make him pick a side. You should. So it's really funny that you just said that because, because just without, this week I had that conversation. Without taking the that final step, because you can get right up to the brink of making your decision and just go, well, you know, what does it matter? I don't really need to decide one way or the <laughs> right. other. I'll just look at all the evidence and just kind of think about it. Yeah. And think about it. Just marinate on it. It matters Which now, you should baby. do. But at some point, you need to take a side Trying to on an opinion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's okay to say, I don't know, you know. It is but that, I think, it is an opinion. Say, that know. is a destination. Yeah. It's not just yes, no. I'm just no. not quite sure yet. You yeah. Know, I just don't know. Yeah. But at some point, yeah, you should try to figure out where you're at. And it really hit me the other day uh, while we were talking about the Gino Haspel thing. Uh, me and my wife were watching it on uh, Philip DeFranco. Yeah. And we had paused it. We we paused it for like half hour, 45 minutes while we had a, a debate and a talk about it, which I apologize for because she doesn't like that very much. <laughs> I think you probably understand the struggle a little bit. Definitely. Um, because this, yeah, this stuff's not for everybody. But it, at some point, she called me out. She was like, you need to make a decision. Like, you need to know where you stand on something like this if you're going to talk about it publicly. Yeah. And I said, you know, you're fucking right. And I was like, Don gives me shit all the time for that. <laughs> it's like, I really do. Because you can't just sit in limbo your whole life. You got to, you have to pull the trigger on shit. Yeah. You know, if you don't, we wouldn't have ever started the podcast. Right. We would have just sat there and talked about it. Thought about talking yeah. about it. <laughs> Which was good, you know. And I think I need to, I've been trying to do that more in my life, just period. Yeah. You know, take a stance on things and really look at why you think the way you do. You know, it, you have to be, you have to gather all the facts and then think critically and all that shit. But, right. Which is what we love about this stuff. But at, ultimately, you should have an opinion on some, most things. And that's like with the Iran nuclear deal. I, I have an opinion. I don't think we should have pulled out. Yeah. You know, and especially, I don't think we should have gone for the immediate sanctions. But I understand why. I just, I think ultimately for one reason, or for a couple different reasons, not even necessarily the actual terms of the agreement, I don't think we should have pulled out. How are we doing on time, by the way? I don't want to run too, too long. Nah. I think we started at like one thirty, but yeah. we're good. We're at one thirty-seven um, right now. But I think other than... I mean, there's, that's another, the Iran nuclear deal is another thing that it's a, such a huge topic. You know, a lot of it, there's so much to talk about. We yeah. kind of have to hold ourselves back from it. Uh, but I think we could probably just leave that where it lies and carry in the, uh, the theme of nukes. Maybe we should get in some North Korea. Go on to the old North Korea situation. Mm-hmm. So the latest and greatest from North Korea is, uh, a lot of things this week. There's been a lot of moves. Uh, we uh, Mike Pompeo went over there and brought back three uh, American citizens that were jailed over there, being detained. Yeah, I think one of at least one of them was uh, sentenced to like ten years hard labor in North Korea. Which yes, is, for like uh, espionage and yeah. like whatever. Yeah, right. I think there was like a Christian missionary that was over there and. Um, yeah, so I heard that stuff. on one of those podcasts that people will get in trouble for leaving Bibles places. I think one of those yeah. dudes left a Bible somewhere. Oh, yeah, you're not allowed. Yeah. To, there's no religion there. Left a know, Bible somewhere for someone to read yeah. it. And that's what hard yeah. labor, leaving a Bible. <laughs> I'm not even religious, but that's wild as fuck. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, uh, 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. If you have any hotels in North Korea, don't let a don't what, put a Bible there. Yeah, don't don't let a Mormon stay there because they'll load up all the hotel rooms with Bibles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, they brought back three prisoners. Uh, President Trump met him on the tarmac. Uh, bunch of people. Mike started, Pompeo brought him back. Mike Pompeo. That's like one back. of his first yeah. big deals. As a yeah, that was cool. Ooh, and I watched. Uh, not to interrupt you, but I, I watched know. a press briefing from that day. Sarah Sanders was going the fuck off because the New York Times had reported that. Which is probably an op-ed um, mm-hmm. that Mike Pompeo was MIA um, when he was on the plane to to go and get the MIA. Yeah, he just wasn't there. Like or no, like like he he like uh like as a as a Secretary of State. Like where has he been? What the fuck is he doing since he's been oh. confirmed? When he's on the plane to go and get three dudes that were no, it's probably because he's a master of the CIA and doesn't broadcast his shit to <laughs> <Right>. the world, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, he's probably not on the Twitter game, so we don't know the thoughts that are come out of his mind every single second, right? <laughs> like some people, uh, it's you know, it's kind of like how we went on that top secret mission to North Korea back in Easter, which I I don't know, I just get it, I, I love that kind of shit. Like the head of the CIA went on a top secret mission to set up negotiations with North Korea. Like yeah. it's pretty badass. It's a good uh, flex your muscles for Secretary of State. Absolutely, Doug. Yeah, which I don't hate him. By the way, I don't hate him as Secretary of State at all. No, no, he um, hasn't done. I don't think I had a lot of terrible yeah. shit to say about him. Like during yeah. his confirmation, I think yeah. that you know, that's he just didn't answer a lot of questions. But the guy yeah. works for the CIA, so yeah. <laughs> but yeah the the latest in uh the north korea stuff man it, it's it's actually relatively it, it makes me even optimistic about the future maybe you know cautiously optimistic is probably the best way to put it you, you know, know and i've been having a lot of weird feelings about this right because i can i think i can kind of agree that uh-huh. i am i am like skeptical Right. Like I just I'm like, why? Like, why would I believe any of this? You know, but at the same time, it's hope. I, bro. <laughs> and I I should take it that way. I should take this not as like North Korea. I should I should try and take it not as North Korea being sneaky, but that maybe they really are trying to do something. Maybe. You know that they they met with South Korea. They're willing to have negotiations. They talked. They said they were willing to talk about denuclearizations. They let three prisoners go. Like they're doing things that are in favor of the United States. Yeah. And I think that I need to try and be actively better about realizing that that's the truth. And maybe it, it maybe it is genuine. You mm-hmm. know, not that not that it is guaranteed, but that maybe it is genuine. You know. Yeah. Well, this morning before, while I was doing some show prep, man, I, I saw a uh, Routers article. Yeah. Reuters, is that what, how you pronounce Reuters. that? Reuters, Reuters. article um, that said that uh, the North Korean, uh, their state TV, the Korean Central News Agency, actually said that the Nuclear Weapons Institute and other concerned institutes are taking technical measures for dismantling the Northern Nuclear Test Ground in order to ensure transparency of discontinuance of the nuclear test. Really? That's... And that's from their state TV, whether that is propaganda for us. But it's something or that not. they're saying. They're yes. at least telling people that. Yes. And so that's really interesting. Interesting. Because that, if you look at it from the uh, propaganda side, if you look at it like, well, they're just trying to coax us into a false sense of security. 
you got to understand that the only news that those people are allowed to watch is the state news. Yeah. And so they're giving that message to their public. Um, but I mean, there's a couple ways to go with that too, but I take it, uh, I, you know, I lean more cautiously, optimistically towards it. Um, whether that's going to come to burn me or not in the end, we can only see. Uh, but the other, I think even the biggest piece of news now is they've, uh, Donald Trump on his Twitter uh, announced the time and location of the summit between the two of them. So the two world leaders are going to meet. Trump tweeted out, I think it was two days ago, the highly anticipated meeting between Kim Jong-un and myself will take place in Singapore on June 12th. Yes. We will both try to make it a very special moment for world peace, Uh, which was a very nice tweet from Donald Trump, by the way. Considering his, uh, if you look like a year ago, the fire and fury tweets versus we're making world peace, man. Jesus Christ. But I mean, that that kind of stuff makes me more optimistic for whether it's right to or not. I can't help, you know, the way it feels. Um, But the NPR's up first, did a good episode on it this week. Yeah. Highly recommend that one. Um, that's a great podcast too. Short, sweet. I get it in my it my morning short, dose. Yeah. It's know. usually a little bit shorter than the daily. I think. Yeah, yeah I think it's like a fifteen twenty. Yeah, max. Yeah, daily is like twenty twenty five max. Right. But yeah, both really good. I like up first. I like most of those people that do it. Um, I like David Green a lot. There's, mm-hmm. I think it's David Green when he asks questions. Is this really how every <laughs> yeah. time, dog? Every fu- it is the highest point I've ever heard a man's voice go it when he starts into this question. It's really wild. It's, but it's a, that's a good that's a good source for information up first. For, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's not a ton of news about North Korea, but it's all big news, right? You know, and that's basically it. I mean, unless you had something else for North Korea. Uh, no, I think um, that that's like I said, just. Yeah, I think the cautious optimism is a good way to put that. You know that mm-hmm. I think that it's realistic to not fully believe things that North Korea are saying, but I also think that, like myself, you should try and take it more seriously. You yeah, know, that maybe this is maybe this is real. Maybe you know. Yeah, you should maybe. treat it seriously because yeah. it might be the opportunity to actually do it. Right. You know, uh, there's been a lot of talk. Also, another thread to it that might kind of lean towards the the more optimistic side is the fact that um, Kim Jong-un's father and grandfather both had a life goal, apparently, of ending the war in Korea. Yeah. Whether, you know, my, you can talk all day about how <laughs> they want to get to there. But they but wanted it to yeah. be over, yeah. And so possibly this is him going, hey, this is a way for me to fulfill, you know, the dreams of my you know, the great leaders, my grandfather and, and my father. Um, yeah. And since he's such a new leader, we don't know which way it's going to go. You know, is this, is this the same? Do we feel the same way people did back during the last negotiations with his dad? Or is it because it's a new guy? You know, what? it's totally new. We've, we have no precedent to go off of, I think. I agree. I mean, the, he's just been the like, history. Right. And he's been radical in the past. But when it comes to negotiations, we don't have really have any nothing. history on that. Yep. But I don't know. I think that it's very promising. Like, the even if it's just for optics, like him hand-in-hand hand walking over the split line, you know, the 38th parallel, I, that's, yeah. a, that's a big deal. That's yep. a very, very that big would, deal. Dude, about know. that... That meeting with the South and North Moon Korean Jane. leaders. Yeah. 
That's uh, that president guy, right? President Moon yeah. of South Korea, yeah. Um, yeah, cool that, I love that whole uh, pomp and circumstance around it. All the the soldiers in their bright uniforms. The that historical look like they were significance, back. Yeah. you know? People so like crazy. us, we can appreciate that shit. Yeah. That hand I in hand, they walked stuff. over a line that, like, you yeah. know, when they met in the DMZ and all this shit, like... A place where 10 years ago, Lisa Ling was there and they're showing you videos of a soldier holding hands with another soldier so they can even touch the door in between the DMZ so they don't get fucking pulled through to the other side. Yeah. You know? Jesus Christ. Like That's to go, crazy. To go from that to the two leaders walking hand in hand over the 38th parallel. That's that, a little different. That's fucking radical, bro. Yeah. And it's something... That's Could, one of those things that makes me think like I... I got to start to think that that's more legitimate. You know, like I can't ignore that. I can't mm-hmm. just write that shit off. Like that's, those are big public displays from somebody who has exerted public displays before, you know, about things that he really wanted, you know. And so I have to believe that this isn't just a show. I have to try and believe that this really is some shit or else he wouldn't be doing it so publicly. Mm-hmm. You know? You'd think. He would just have Dennis Rodman in and, and talk to him about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, do we have time? You think to just talk about a couple tiny little fun ones? Um, yeah, we can talk about. We have that, or we can also whatever you have. We could also talk about the head tax in Seattle, or we I, can, yeah. or we can talk about that next week if you want to do some more research on it. And we can do because they're going to do some votes and stuff like that. Still, like that's not a done mm-hmm. deal yet. So, yeah, that's the only thing I know about it. Because after yeah. you told me about it, uh, the only thing I saw an article about it, I looked at it, and it was just the fact that. Uh, Mayor Durkin said that she wasn't going to sign it yet. They're just it's yeah. going back to negotiations. Yeah. So then, so let's talk about the head tax next week um, and listen to the two episodes of The Overcast about it. Yes. Um, the Seattle Times does a podcast that's called The Overcast. And the last two episodes have been one person that is opposed to the head tax and one person that is in favor of the head tax the head tax that we're talking about is a tax on companies that make over i believe 200 million dollars a year 20 million dollars a year mm-hmm. one of those i'll have to um it does it taxes the employer per yeah per employee worker. it's 500 dollars per year that would bring in 75 million dollars into the city of seattle that would be used to help fight the homeless crisis in seattle because it is a fucking crisis over there yeah. Um, and there's a lot of things that go into that, a lot of like different varying shit that happens. So this, the head tax and the discussion around it is super, super complicated. It like, and I didn't really realize that until I listened to those podcasts exactly how much there is that goes into it. So I think it would be better for us to, to wait until next week to talk about it. Um, and we can knock out these uh, little quick ones that you have. And then we can talk about some pop culture and shit because we'll be talking about that for a little while. Yeah, word. Um, and then we'll. I don't have much for the way time sports, saying so, right now. Uh, we're at one fifty, so like one thirty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. So that'll be so good. Plenty of time. Yes. I like that. That kind of hour and a half to hit the three main stories, and then we get to like play around. Yeah. So the I want to talk about Russia for a minute. So word. Russia's had a couple. Inter- they've had an interesting week. Uh, Vladimir Putin was, I think we talked about last week, he was just reelected, re-elected. by seven, with 75% of the vote. I and believe. their goal, their goal, stated goal was 70% turnout, 70% of the vote. Right. So they wanted 70% so, yeah. turnout from the country. And then of that 70%, they wanted a 75% voter 
in favor yeah, of because Putin. that number feels legitimate, right? They can't you can't argue against that. That's right. semi believable, but so, still shows that the country loves you enough to vote you. Yeah, and I don't know what the voter turnout was, but he did win with seventy five percent of the vote, which yeah. is a pretty fucking large amount for <laughs> so somebody. Many. Who has such giant protests in his country whenever they can get enough people there that the police can't stop it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because it's a legal protest without a permit. <laughs> right. <laughs> like an approval permit from They've the They've got to get a shitload of people there to be able to do a protest and it not yeah. be stopped. But yeah, he's he got elected for his fourth term. And now he will be the longest reigning leader of, if you count the Soviet Union, I think Stalin. He's going to be going on, I think, at the end of this one. Total time, I don't think it's consecutive, but total time, I think, will be 18 years in a position of power. That means that there is an entire generation in Russia that has never known a world without Putin as their leader. As, in some context. Yes. Not, I don't think necessarily as president, but basically as lead oligarch. Yeah. He debops. And that, mm-hmm. that's something else. So that was something. But then in celebration of that, and then every year on May 9th, which was this last week, Russia has a big holiday. And they do a big uh, military parade through Red Square and stuff in commemoration with the fall of Nazi Germany and the lives that were lost in World War II. Fuck Nazi Germany. But in today's world, um, I think they call it Victory Day, if I remember right. I believe you're correct. Uh, but uh, what was it? it? The parade itself has kind of turned into one of these um, excuses to showcase the new military hardware Ooh, from Russia. And so I got a little bit on that. Dog. Yeah, because uh, I got this from the BBC podcast, and uh, I really like the fact of I really like the fact that they went there. You know, because they they talked a lot about. What the holiday means still to the Russian people. Yeah. Because you think about how many people died in World War II in Russia. Insane numbers. I think it was 20 plus million. And, uh, but I mean, that's still, I mean, you got to think about the generational effects of that. Yeah. I mean, you still feel that because, I mean, you're talking, how many grandparents would have served in World War II over there right now? I mean, it's getting a little late right now in the game, but. You know, for everybody that's alive over there, they probably have a pretty strong connection to that. And uh, but, anyways, there was some crazy shit unveiled um, during the the parade. They had some of their new MiG fighters do a flyover, and they uh, were sporting the new hypersonic missiles they have that uh, are said to travel faster than ten percent, or yeah, ten times the speed of sound, and can outmaneuver most air defense systems. Says that they're unstoppable. Right? Yeah. So that's that's crazy. Um, they showcase uh, a new, I think it's the SS-27, their new ICBM, which is capable of carrying up to 10 nuclear warheads. Fuck. Um, they have a new robotic, um, completely unmanned tank, which I imagine is kind of a remote control thing, but um, kind of like a drone tank. Yeah. Uh, which was insane. So that's kind of scary to think about. And uh, let's see, some of the gear has... Oh, yeah, and some of the gear that they uh, unveiled has already been used in the Syrian conflict going on right now. Fuck. Yeah, because, well, they're directly... Right. You know, that's the big issue. I mean, they're selling a lot of shit to them. But And then it was uh, complete with over 13,000 soldiers marching through the streets. 
Fuck. Yeah, and everybody, you know, you know how that stuff, all that pomp and circumstance, all those dress uniforms, probably. I mean, yeah, yeah. So that was one thing that happened last week. It, it was, it's really interesting because I, I had never really looked into that. Keep in mind, our before. president wants to do the same fucking thing. Yeah, we don't need to do that. We're not Russia, bro. We don't need to flex Stupid. our muscles. We got them. I ain't worried about it. Stupid, bro. Yeah. Uh, so I, th- I thought that one was a little fun. I heard it on the BBC. Um, and then the other big thing I had was the, the midterm primaries that went down in a few states. Yeah. Uh, and I touched on that a little bit in my dissent, too. Yeah. But I'm just so glad that that dude, um, Don Blankenship in West Virginia, did win. Yeah, Blankenship. Yeah, Blankenship. Because I, I remember it was like a year or so ago watching this John Oliver episode about him. And this was before he even, you know, got involved too much politically. And I just, I knew how much of a human piece of, you know, pile of shit this guy is. And then to hear that he was running in West Virginia. And he still got 20% of the primary vote, which is kind of scary, but I'm glad it didn't go any higher than that. Just people want to overlook shit, yeah. you know. You know, but the, the other big one was down, or it's upcoming, I think, in August... Yeah, August. Um, the midterm elections for Arizona, midterm primaries for Arizona Senate seat are going to go in, and that Joe Arpaio is going to be running. Fucking Joe Arpaio. Yeah. This motherfucker that was, sorry, Joe Arpaio pardoned by President Trump because what the fuck did Joe Arpaio do? He was found in contempt of court because he yes. refused to show up to his, you know, his court hearing because of the racial implications that his like stop and frisk equivalent down in arizona yeah he was the sheriff for a long time joe arpaio was a real piece of shit joe arpaio was a real piece of shit i got it here he's 85 years old too which explains a little bit to me and donald trump pardoned him first presidential pardon yeah earlier this year before scooter libby yeah um because the only reason he was in jail is because he was found in contempt of court. Yeah. Because he just decided that, fuck it, I'm not going to go. This, I'm not going to justify it. I don't know what the hell his reasoning was. Stupid. But. Right, as the sheriff. Mm-hmm. You know. But, yeah, maybe that's just that 85-year-old mentality. Fuck you, kids. I'm not playing this game. Yeah. That's, I don't, I don't see any way that Joe Arpaio wins a fucking Senate seat in Arizona. I don't know. The, the thing that scares me is. I you know I don't know how long John McCain is for he this world. He didn't win the primary, right? Did he? No. Oh, he did not win the primary. Say, thank fuck. God. So he will not be competing for the Republican nominee. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't see that happening. Oh wait, no. Oh, sorry. The primary for Joe Arpaio, Arpaio isn't until August. It was the the Don Blankenship that didn't win okay. the primary. But Joe Arpaio is running in August. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah I don't see Joe Arpaio making it through there. I would sure hope not. I don't really have a good read on the his you know popularity on the ground, but I, I would really hope not. I feel like that's a but like like I said in my dissent, if Roy Moore can get nominated and um, the you know yeah the approval of the the GOP or the RNC, what a piece of shit he is! Who knows? Too. I don't know. All I can't people, believe that he was ever even allowed to be a judge, man. Yeah, that's, that's disgusting. Just crazy. Yeah, that's, just, that, that's something we should look at, man. How do I mean, you and I think let's we look ta- at judges? And I think we talked about that like on an earlier podcast about Roy Moore. That yeah, like, I think so. Fuck being 
mad that he might win for Senate. Like, be mad that he was even a fucking judge at any point in his goddamn life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you should be fucking mad about. That's yeah. what people should have been talking about. But, you know, who gives yep. a shit? Yep. Ridiculous, bro. It is. But, yeah, that was... Uh, I like watching the midterm stuff because it, it helps me get a look at... I'm, I'm curious whether or not no, we're going to ever see this blue wave start or, you know, just... Watching the way the seats are going to shape out yeah. through the fall is going to be interesting because you never know what could happen. Right. You know, it could get crazy. Everything could go upside down. Democrats get in power and and then nothing happens whatsoever. That's the last thing we need. Not for Democrats to be in power, but for nothing to happen. Yeah. Because we'll just be gridlocked, I think, at that point. Yeah. But you never know. You know that. And then, and then yeah, no. Or Whatever. if they even just gain just a one-vote majority, you know? If Democrats were 51-49. Yeah, and so even Mike Pence's vote couldn't eh, go yeah. around. Yeah. But I think that's... Uh, we can get into some pop culture stuff. Yeah, I think we can probably do that. Uh, oh, yeah, because we're going to talk about the head tax next week. So look for yeah. that. Uh, the head... Oh, yeah, we're... Whatever, we'll talk about that. Next week. We're next week, talk we'll talk about, about it. Yeah. Um, so pop culture, we talked about we went to the <clears throat> did you watch anything else this week let's talk about that first no okay um i tried but i slept a lot <laughs> we did not watch riverdale this week i don't know that there even is an episode it may have been so is that a win uh no i don't okay. mind riverdale um it's you know i can take it or leave it it's it's whatever yeah um so i also watched i watched dinner for schmucks before i came Year, dude i haven't seen that in years really funny um i watched jersey shore of course uh because i hate myself (laughs) i fucking so i finished season two right okay so you're watching jersey shore yeah i just (laughs) (laughs) as usual (laughs) whoops um if there's a little little cut there you'll notice a little little technical technical difficulties uh so yeah watch jersey shore i just finished season two when they're in miami now they're at season three when they're back in the Jersey Shore. Um, I don't want to talk about it too much because I kind of forgot they went down there. They but did I go to Miami now. and they go to they go to Italy one time. There's oh. a whole deal, yeah. Um, so I watched Jersey Shore. So we're doing that, um, and then I listened to some Billy Joel this week. Um, again, I've been getting down on some Billy Joel. Kid Cudi on the way here today. Nice, uh, a little bit of Kanye West. Um, I think that that's. In the way of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did you watch any? You didn't watch anything else this week? No, so, I watched a couple YouTube things like yeah. usual. But, and the music, I have been mostly, I've been trying to focus on podcasts instead this week. I was really, really into it. And I do have something. Keep going. You but had the look of being blown away. Yeah. Can't believe I didn't write this down. Um, Keep going. So podcast. Well, yeah, podcast. Just normal ones. Um, I, I keep waiting to get into uh, The Caliphate yeah. by The Daily. I just I would be so interested in that. They have an embedded journalist that is you know investigated ISIS like yeah. super super deep, and they showed a preview of it I think a couple weeks ago. It's been Sounded really good. cool. Yeah, it's been very good. Uh, but yeah, I've been on the Ben Shapiro train. I, I tried to catch up on a Dave Rubin episode this week, which yeah. was amazing. I had this incredible, incredible thought on because he was talking to an economist. I started thinking about the economist, and I had been smoking a little bit, and so I was. You know, out there, you know, in the ether, and came up with this insanely perfect 
economic model that would still allow freedoms and it would provide all the like social quote unquote social perks of communism. Yeah. Um, but the only problem is it relies solely on technology and algorithmic AI that I think <laughs> only, you know, I think the, the true founder of the intellectual dark web, Eric Weinstein, can figure out. So we need to get him on it because I, I feel like basically what it comes down to is you can design the perfect economy should, should. with specific freedom-minded societal values built in, and it's just a matter of the right algorithm the right math problem yeah but i think i also am insane and there's no way ever on earth that that would ever work but it was fun to like play around with my own economic idea it sounds like you need to send weinstein an email uh yeah i wonder if yeah maybe i'm sure that you can word i'll I'll hit him up maybe i'll hit him up on twitter first see if he sees it on his website or something, there's probably some type of contact link, just like we have at saltofthestreets.com. Yeah, I better jump over there. Wonder, I wonder what his, yeah, wonder what he has. <laughs> I'll just Google him. Yeah, we'll get him. But yeah, I love me some Eric Weinstein. I love the way he thinks. Yeah, and that's why I love to know. Like, I wonder what he would think about this. Is this just a stupid idea that I just had? <laughs> <laughs> I know that it is because it's ridiculously impossible. Yeah. But am I completely wrong in just assuming that the perfect society is just one unsolved math problem away? You never know, man. Never know. Get it. Um, Yeah, I guess that was my week. I had had a stoner economic epiphany (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to that. And then I've just been hitting hitting them podcasts, catching up. Joe Rogan's got a good one I want to get to. Mike Baker. I like that guy. He's been on there before. He's a CIA, former CIA yeah, author. Yeah, I haven't stuff. listened to yeah. this new one that he just did, but he's been on there before, yeah. and I like Mike Baker. That's I catch a lot of, if you don't, do you ever watch the Joe Rogan Experience Rarely. on YouTube? Okay. But sometimes. I really love to just watch it. I will sit down for three hours and watch. Interesting. It's great. But um, I think it was young Jamie, probably, I don't know. He's kind of the technical guy there, but... I feel like it was his idea that they started doing a Joe Rogan experience clip show. And so while they're recording, like he's putting out these clips and it's all like some of the best moments in the podcast. So I watch a lot of those. So I watched a couple of them from Mike Baker's episode. Yeah. And it just makes me want to watch the full one. Yeah. Even no, more. He's very interesting. I like those kind of people. People got interesting stuff to say. Yeah. So I also listened to. So two things, right? Mm-hmm. I also listen to Tell Him Steve Dave because I love Tell Him Steve Dave. Yeah. Um, and the names of their episodes are always something funny that they said within the episode, right? Mm-hmm. So this one that I'm listening to right now is called Australian Buttocks Soup. <laughs> this one. Rooster Teeth does the same thing yeah. with their episode. They just take a clip and that's the episode name. One of my... F- oh, no, go ahead. No, it's, it's fun to like... Yeah. It's like, okay, I know the game now. I'm going to wait and listen. And then I always I always laugh because like, oh, that's why they called it that. Yeah. They have one that's called Captain Long Nuts. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's a good shit. So I also, there's another podcast that Case Bowles turned me on to. Casey loves when we shout him out. Shout out Case Bowles. Case uh, Bowles. Yeah. Um, and I don't even want to say the name of it because I don't want to legitimize it yet. Right. But this is the podcast that Casey turned me on to. Okay. Oh boy. And and it's not 
the information in it is not bad, right? So it's about the Las Vegas shooter, right? Because I will be, I'll say that, but I don't want to name the podcast um, because I don't, I don't want to legitimize it. You don't right? want to endorse it at all, right? Um, so I've only listened to one episode, so I'm not gonna. It's gonna sound like I'm shitting on it, but it's because I'm very skeptical of conspiracy theories because I think that you have to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm go- I'm gonna listen to all of it. I'm gonna finish the whole thing so that I can give like my honest opinion on it, right? Um, but right off the bat, it was the guy, the host, was interviewing a lawyer who was at the Las Vegas shooting, right, where 58 people died, and then he was also representing, I think, like 50 people who were suing Mandalay Bay um, for whatever, you know, for whatever, uh, involving the shooting. Um, Yeah, because it was there. Yeah. And so this lawyer is, like, giving, you know, his experience of what happened, and they just... I feel like they propagated a lot of conspiracy theories that aren't really based in fact. You know, mm-hmm. they're just based in just shit that someone said, you know, or something that maybe looks sketchy or something like that. And one of the things, one of the problems that they had is that the FBI said that it was going to release its report within a year of the shooting, right? And they're like, we don't think that we should have to wait that long for the report. Hmm. I would like the FBI to take a year and investigate what happened so you know exactly what the fuck happened and what went wrong so you can do it better next time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'd say, if anything, I would just make, I mean, because we have no right necessarily to the progress and investigation, but maybe an update once a year would be nice. But no, take as long as you feel is necessary right. to get to the bottom of this. I also don't understand just the thought of... Why do you think you have more information about this than the people who are investigating it, Mm -hmm. right? Because guaranteed there's a thousand things in there that you don't fucking know because they've not been released from the investigation. Why do you think you have more information on this than the people who are investigating it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, is it eyewitness? Is it sole like... Is it solely eyewitness testimony? Which, this, as we this know, this first is, one that I've listened to yeah. is eyewitness, right? And that's that's one of the things that they they keep talking. They talk to several different witnesses, and it's widely known in the law enforcement community that like eyewitness testimony can be like the most can be like the most unreliable source of information that you can even get. Yeah, because newsflash, you know? memory sucks, right? And so this guy is swearing up and down. The lawyer that's being interviewed is swearing up and down that he doesn't think. That it's that it's just one shooter, right? He thinks that there's more than one person shooting out of the hotel. It's a very common uh, thread in the conspiracy world. And so when it and Casey and I talked a lot about this, right? And so when I think about a conspiracy theory, the first thing I think about is who benefits from this conspiracy theory being true. Yes, right. So let me ask you. Who stands to benefit from there being two shooters or three shooters as opposed to one? I think um, conspiracy conspiracy minded people that are are because they have a tendency to be rather libertarian, if you wanted to title it, almost anarchistic. Yeah, and I think um, their distrust towards the government would lead somebody to believe that um, it's true, right? And whether because. Just because I think it's, I mean, when you listen to it, you can you can hear the echoes, and you can think that oh my god, the first time I heard it, I was like, is that is that multiple shooters? Right. Because there are different sounds. Because guess what, echoes are delayed, and so there's sound waves change. But 
I think you can listen to that, and then you could be one of those people that judges for yourself. And if you have a distrust in the media, if you have a distrust in government, you're just going to assume that what they're feeding you is lies. Well, and, and I think that might be the audience you're trying to reach. Right. And especially in this, you know, <clears throat> I, th- I keep calling it, and I don't remember who came up with it, the era of post-truth. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, just because the experts are saying that it's true doesn't mean it's true. You know, we're past that. We don't trust them. Well, and I can see that's their audience. Yeah. I think. And to speak to the echoes, right? He also had like bump stocks on most of the guns that were in his room. Mm-hmm. So that's going to accelerate the fire rate by an incredible amount, you yeah. know, and that in itself, you know, is going to allow him to greatly increase the amount of ammo that he's going to be able to put out. Right. Yeah. So they also had a problem with <clears throat> took the police almost an hour to get to the room. Right. The shooter kills himself after 10 minutes of shooting. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, why? By the way, what was that? What's the timestamp right now? 212. 212. Okay. Are you going to cut that dude's name out? Yeah, I'm just going to silence it. I don't want to Word. say his name. My bad. I know no, I think that's that, cool. No, I think that's a good idea. I didn't even think about it. Yep. Um, I well, think because it's just great. me and you talking? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We could do that. But no, yeah, I, I think don't like I think that's a great it. idea. I think that is a great idea. Word. Um, now you guys know that's the way we operate Yes, here. yeah. <laughs> no, we're not going to... That's right. We're not going to say people's names. That was just... Well, they talk about it in this podcast, so it's something that's just like regularized yeah. for when we're talking and shit, like for me sure. and Casey. Um, so, so the guy stops shooting after ten minutes and kills himself. They also don't believe that he killed himself, right? That mm-hmm. or that he killed himself yeah. like two days before. And there's other people there that did the shooting and then framed him and all this shit. That there's no fucking base in reality. Right? There's so many different <laughs> conspiracy aspects right. to this. Yeah. Um, At Case Bowls. I said that it was 210, right? Not 220. Yeah, it's close enough. I'll find it. Um, So. Yeah, Case Bowls. I hope you're being responsible with your conspiracy minded podcast. Yes. I want to be clear. (laughs) Casey's being very responsible. Him and I are very very much on the same tilt with this, right? Good. Very proud of you. So he also, the shooter also shot a security guard through the door, right? Like halfway through the shooting, right? And so they don't buy that he killed himself after 10 minutes and the police aren't there. Okay, I think we're good. Oh, yeah, Did you hear that? I did hear that. I don't know what that was. I don't know. Um, anyway, okay. maybe we'll you guys out. will hear that too. Yeah, maybe. Um, Surprise. But yeah, so they don't buy that. They're like, well, why would he kill himself if the police aren't even there yet, right? Mm-hmm. And my response to Casey is, well, and the guy that he shot through the door like didn't have a gun, right? And they're mm-hmm. like, they're like if he's not under any direct arrest and there isn't a security guard there with a gun, he's not under threat, then why would he kill himself, right? And so I said to Casey, I said, if you're massacring 58 people out of a hotel, you're definitely under duress. Yeah. Right? Straight off the bat, you are under duress, right? Whether self-imposed or other. Yes, right? And I said, on the second second part, he doesn't have any way to know that security guard doesn't have a gun. Right. Mm-hmm. He just knows that he shot him. So I was like, it seems reasonable to me that at that point he would think, well, I've only got a couple more minutes before there's more people at my door. Right. Yeah. And rather than get into a gunfight with the police in my hallway, I would rather just do myself in mm-hmm. after a couple more minutes. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's makes sense to me. Like that I think gets lost is you can't, when it comes to mass shooters, um, you can't assume they're thinking very much because somebody who is in the frame of mind to sit there and just devastate innocent people outside of a window like that shooting out of a hotel room and to go through all the planning they're not thinking 
right. the way normal people do. And they're so saying you like, can't attempt to bring logic to it. Right. Uh, they're saying like, yeah. well, and he also didn't leave a note, you know, and this doesn't fit in in the like the frame of any other event like this, you know, and like that doesn't that doesn't mean that it didn't happen. You know what no. I'm saying? Just because it doesn't fit in the standard characteristics of what happened. Like when Columbine happened, that also was a freakish fucking event. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Just because it doesn't fit in that doesn't mean that that's not the truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They also were talking about. Yeah. Oh, it must have been a an ambulance or a fire truck oh, drove by. Okay. That's what that was. So if you hear that, that's what it is. Um, they also said he had two computers in his room. One of the hard drives was gone. Mm-hmm. Right. So they. Now this is from the the podcast. You're hearing this. Yes, and so so I I did Google that to mm-hmm. I did look that up to make sure that was the truth, right? And there that is the truth okay. that there is two computers, one of the hard drives is missing, right? The problem I had with that is the way that they framed it, mm-hmm. right? Because the New York Times article that I read said that that there was one missing, right? And then went to outline all the times essentially that someone came in his room that he could have like just disposed of it and they would have known about it right they're mm-hmm. like he had room service come this many times and he had a maid come this many times right and anytime if you hand your maid three towels all balled the fuck up she's just gonna throw them in the basket and keep going right yeah if there's a hard drive stuffed in the middle of there she's not gonna have any fucking idea you dude know? if she, you were to tie up the trash bag and leave it for her to take out she's just gonna take it yeah you know what i'm saying if you if you take your your tray and you just put the lid over it, they're just gonna take it. You know, what I mean, you might see when they're throwing it out, but if they're not paying any fucking attention, they're just gonna throw the shit away yeah. off the plate. You know, it's a heist style. Exactly, it's in plain, hide something in plain sight. And so it was the way that it was framed because in the podcast they're making it seem like again like there was more people in the room mm-hmm. that are framing him, and they took the hard drive and did something else with it. They also tried to make it sound like when the shooting is over, the people are gonna be able to just. The two, the two extra people that they're assuming that are there, right? Because there's yeah. no way he could have done it by himself. Yeah. That those two people, <laughs> they, they kill the shooter. They take the hard drive and they're able to come down from the 32nd floor and leave Mandalay Bay and nobody notices it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fucking stretch. right, dog. Yeah. Like I can buy, especially after the 10 minutes is over, right? People are then coming down from the rooms up there and they're leaving. Like if you're just talking about, I don't know. Bye. Um, I leaving. could see maybe. Love you, sweetheart. Drive safe. Like during when it's actually happening, you know, and everybody's still fleeing into the building. I mean, and after 10 minutes, people are still leaving, but you're also going to start to notice people that are coming out from the elevators and the rooms and shit, you yeah. know? I don't know. I just. Yeah. And frankly, it's if you're going to start your conspiracy argument, not you, but like them or anybody off of the fact that, well, there just, there had to be more people. Like, I'm sorry, but there's there's zero evidence to support that. If anything, there's more evidence to argue against it right? Than, than you have. And you can't form any form of, like, you can't jump off of that platform because you can't tell whether or not it's a, it's a legitimate foundation to right. build an argument off because there's no proof. And the one thing that I think was legitimate out of here, right, is that um, the possible negligence by Mandalay Bay. Right. Mm -hmm. They talked about that there was no alarm on the window. So when the shooter took the window out, there's nothing 
that told anybody that he had done that, which is fucking dangerous because generally if that's happening, somebody's trying to kill themselves, right? They're jumping. And most hotels, I guess, in Las Vegas have alarms on the windows so that if they're broken, they immediately know about it. That would make sense. There was also an alarm. There's alarms on the doors that if they're open for too long, then there's a notice at the front desk. Somebody goes up and checks on it. That's why the first dude, first security guard went up there is because Mm. the door had been open for too long. Hmm. So they also... Didn't have armed security guards throughout the hotel, right? Mm-hmm. Which is something that's fucking sketchy, right? The guy is that, also is that untypical. Um, I guess, and um, and I guess they also didn't have security guards at the elevators by the hotel rooms, which Casey told me is odd because okay. of the hotels that he's been to in Vegas, you have to show them that you have like a room key, and then you can go into the elevator or into the stairs to go up to the hotel. That, so, that would make sense, I think, just yes. given what a little I know about Vegas. Right. But, yeah, armed, unfortunately, armed I don't guards, know how it is. Armed guards, I don't know, but having yeah. somebody at the elevators to go up to the hotel rooms, I mm-hmm. guess, is very common. I mean, even like a rent-a-cop. Right. I feel like, um, yeah, that would be pretty standard. Right. They also... Like, I guess the doors to the 32nd floor were barricaded, and the security guard that tried to go up there didn't say shit for, like, 15 minutes. Like, he just didn't fucking care about it, you know? Hmm. Um... What was the other thing? Either that or maybe he just thought the door was locked. Right. You know. um, And, oh, he also, I either, the shooter either brought 22 or 26 bags up to his room. And, like, nobody said shit, you know. And that's that's probably. That's a little sketchy. Yeah, because that's got to be true because you can get video evidence for that. Exactly. And this guy, the, I didn't check that, but the guy who hosts the podcast said that he had gone through the police report that had been put out and he had counted all of the bags and mm-hmm. he either 22 or 26. I don't remember exactly which one, but one of those two numbers. That seems like an right? exorbitant amount of baggage. And I, so even I, for told, the worst traveler. Right. So like I said to you and I told Casey that I, I, the one thing I can begin to agree with is that maybe Mandalay Bay wasn't paying as much money as they should have for their security. That also doesn't really fucking surprise me that much, you know? No. They're like, this just looks like the overreaching greed of a corporate company, you know, that wants to make money over people's safety. And no shit. Like, that's why there's lawsuits <laughs> for fucking lead paint and all this nonsense. Like, and now that they found out about it, they're going to have to pay hella money to fix the shit. And then it's all done. Like, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I do like to listen to those conspiracy minded people because, because to understand all aspects of it, that way, when somebody rational might bring something like that up, you can be like, well, hey, man, where'd you really hear that? Right. Because, you know, question mark. But, yeah, that's that's interesting, man. Those right. conspiracy so gonna, podcasts, they pop up a lot lately. So I'm going to listen to the rest of it, and at the, at the end, if I feel like it's good, then I'll say the name of it. But I don't, like I said, I don't want to legitimize it yet. I don't want to give it any credence until, yeah, because uh, right now I just feel like it's irresponsible. You know, I feel like it's an irresponsible podcast. And I know that we don't have like a fuckload of listeners or anything, but I told Jordan, like, as somebody who's making something to put out to people, I think it's irresponsible to be saying shit that's not at least based in some type of fact. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's, if you're expressing an an opinion about something. Yeah. Regardless of what's, whether on a public platform like this or in private conversation, if you're going to voice your opinion about something, it's up. I mean, it's your responsible, your responsibility to do your due diligence to know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. And yeah, that's I, that's what pisses me off so much about the giant uptick and all these conspiracy-minded people spreading their conspiracies. Yeah. I don't like it. It's so irresponsible because I just know there's not enough people out there that can look at it for what it really is. 
you know, sometimes they can be fun to get into. But once you actually start basing your opinions off that stuff, it's that's not okay. It's not a good place to start. Right. You especially, need to start with facts. Especially when, like I say, you don't have even the FBI report on what happened. You know, you don't even yeah. have, like, fact to begin with, mm-hmm. you know, to go off except for just the police reports. And they keep talking about all the inconsistencies in the police reports. No shit, yeah. man. It was at the time when they're interviewing... 400 fucking people or whatever that mm-hmm. are all saying something that's varied of, of something else, oh, you man. know? Because you have a like, massive no traumatic event like that. Everybody's memory is going to be completely different. Right. And to wade through like the 400 some stories and then all the people that weren't even at the event just around it. I mean, right. every, it's so many. There's got to be thousands of people that had that were there or something or heard something or you know, think that they can contribute in some way or right. possible uh, eyewitnesses. And, oh, yeah. But you got to be responsible about it. Yeah. That's why I'm so proud of my, my case balls. Yeah. Shout out case balls. Doing good. So, so, like I said, I'll wait until I finish that to see if I decide that I want to. Yeah. How responsible of you, Donovan? Release the name of it. But that's <laughs> where I'm at right now. I like so. it. Word. Um, so we can talk about the motherfucking drive-in now. Because you and Caroline had never been to the drive-in before. The drive-in. We went to the drive-in for the first time. It's been Uh, here as long as I've ever been here. For a long time. It's been, it's, it goes, like I, I I always like to say, it's, it's been here since the long, long ago in the before time. Yeah. I stole that from South Park. (laughs) Uh, But I had never been, you know, born here, raised here. Yes, I moved away for like 10 years, but now that I'm back too, it's, Something I keep thinking about is like, oh, they always show double features. Yes. Uh, I know where it's at. It's an amazing location. It's incredibly convenient. You know, if you drive, like we drove, like if we were to drive from here, it, it would probably be 45 minutes maybe to get there. Yeah. It's mostly freeway time. Yeah. And like that doesn't feel like too much of a trip to go out and do that. It's a late night because they yeah. don't start until the sun goes down. But Still it's so dust. much fun. Dude, we're chilling in the back of the Rover. You know, all four of us piled in there with all Penny, nice the show dog. Up. Yeah. And that was nice because it, it, it got a little chilly. It was yeah. nice to, like, all that body heat was legit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. You're in your car. You're watching these movies. You could sit there and, like, you know, bullshit a little bit. Yeah. Since you're in your car, it doesn't really piss anybody off. Right. You know, you get a little radio. We had a radio, which is dope. You just bring it in your car and turn it on. But you could tune in to your normal radio if you want yeah i just don't like to risk my car dying because yeah, that's i would want it happens either. all the time there. that's all such a long time to have yes. that i have a first date story where i did something very very similar and my car died on the first date that was an eventful thing. that and i got held up at uh by the cops that was great <laughs> that's a that's a whole another story that's a good one uh but yeah, no, drive-in was dope. I complete. We went and saw Black Panther and Infinity War. Yep, that which, was the double feature. Yeah, Black Panther first and then Infinity War. It was very good. Which was funny because my, we never went and saw Black Panther in a theater. Right. And I felt like shit because I had missed it, and my wife really wanted to see it. And the other day, I turned. It was when I was home, kind of going through recovery. I saw that it was on. Um, it was available on like the PlayStation Store. I was like, I bet you Amazon's got it too. Yeah. And it just got out of theaters like last week. And so I went on to Amazon, I bought it, and then I get all excited. And I was like, you know, hey, babe, we're going to watch a movie tonight. You don't get to know what it is. And I was like, sweet. And then I thought about we had already planned on going to the drive-in. I was like, like, oh, shit. I just bought this movie. We're going to go watch it. I was like, well, whatever. At least it was good. Yeah. So I actually, we haven't watched it yet. 
We're probably oh, going to really? watch it again, though, because that was one of my favorites. It's definitely in my top five Black Panther was really favorite good. Marvel movies. Very, very good. But, yeah, that was really fun. And then to watch, go directly from that to Infinity War, that was so dope. And maybe it's because my first energy drink in months, but they sell Monster there. And I was like, I yeah. better start drinking this Monster after the first movie. Yeah. Didn't once get tired, didn't fall asleep. It was awesome. I sound so old because I'm, like, fighting not to stay asleep. <laughs> But no, Me man, too, man. It was so much fun. We're definitely going to go back. It was late. Two movies for 10 bucks a pop. Yeah, it's a bargain. And man. the shit, like the popcorn and stuff there, I think is a little bit cheaper than at a regular movie theater. Yeah, I think so. A little bit. I think it was like about a buck cheaper. Yeah, well, and they have like the hot dogs and stuff too. And they also have like chicken strips and pizzas. And they yeah, have all kinds of weird shit. There. They so have like much a kitchen food. in the back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's can, all like greasy spoon food. Right, absolutely. But it's, it's fun to have. And then, I mean, you could tell there's professionals that go there i noticed there's people that have like these big couches and air mattresses even or there's like a look like somebody had a fondue mattress and they lit some citronella candles yeah the blankets out chilling pros uh for the first movie i was going to tell you last night um we were parked next to this group of kids yeah and um we weren't all sitting in the car for the first one and so me and my wife are sitting um in the chairs the foldable chairs you guys brought and we're sitting right next to the car baby yeah and the kids next to us are being so fucking loud (laughs) and this poor kid he was there with two girls and you could tell he was trying to get laid so bad (laughs) and uh, he was striking out and i just there was a part of me that was like well maybe this is just what the driving's all about it's a whole new thing and it turns out yeah it, that is so. I'm super glad I didn't say anything. Yeah. Plus, this kid was striking out hard, and I felt bad for him. That's funny. And uh, but yeah, it was it was so much fun. It's it's totally different than going to see a movie in a theater. Yes. It, it it's an uncomparable, incomparable, whatever you call it, uh, experience. Totally different thing. Yeah. But it's so much fucking fun. Uh, highly recommend if you have a drive-in any within an hour of you, Google it, find it. Try it out, man. That's one of my it's favorite awesome. ways to... Because we brought the dog, too, and that was nice once she finally calmed down. Um, but, like, Jordan and I have gone there before. The last time we went, we saw Spider-Man and Baby Driver. Oh. Um, and I had my red truck then, and so we just brought, like, blankets and stuff and put it in. And it was, like, in the middle of summer, so it didn't get That's cold nice. at all. It was just warm the whole time. Yeah. And, like, I brought... I Like, we bought some wine and some beers and, like, hella snacks. And Heck yeah. just put them in the back seat in a cooler and just brought them with us. And we were taking dabs, like, in the movie in the, in the bed <laughs> or in the cab of the truck. And Dude, there were so many funny. vapors there last night. Yeah. We just kept seeing these puffs of, yeah. puffs of vape come out of different cars and stuff. But... Well, and that was the cool thing, like, you know, when people smoke cigarettes is you can smoke cigarettes there and it's not a big deal. Like, Dude, you're, you're in your own space. Yeah. It's so dope. You can just... It's like the rules of the movie theater kind of go out the window. Yeah. There's like the big common courtesy thing is with today's like updated cars and all that. It's like a lot of people's lights turn on. Yeah. They can kind of like blind you for a little while. But most people, I I thought for the most part, were pretty good about trying to take care of that. Well, and you can see people who are super into going to the drive-in will have shit that they hang over their headlights. Yeah. Like for that occasion. Yeah. Which is, I think, really funny to see. Yeah, because uh, I don't know if the equivalent of an usher came by to the guys next to us <laughs> yeah, when they first yeah. started. He was like, well, can you guys like shut your running lights off? He's like, they're on. And the kids just didn't comprehend like what he was asking. He's like, yeah. well, they're going to shut off in a few minutes. He's like, well, 
the movie's fucking playing. Right. Without actually trying to say that. He was trying to There's convey. There's people sitting behind you yeah. that your lights are in their face. You guys so are like, being a bunch of dicks. Can you please put blankets or something over the... And eventually, they were like trying to figure out what to do. And then they shut off. They're like, yeah, oh, fuck it. And then they were talking shit, too. Yeah. I heard them. Yep. Oh, that, them that's kids. part of the experience, I think. <laughs> it makes it fun, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I enjoy the driving a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for real. I love driving stuff. Yeah. About ready to jump into some sports? Uh, yeah, we can if do you some want. fucking sports. We can uh, do whatever. It's our own shit. Let's see here. But if you're going to do sports, I'm not pushing you to do sports right now. Mm-hmm. But if you do, I'm going to go run to the little boy's room. <laughs> <laughs> go hit up the urinal because if you don't have a urinal in your house, what are you doing? Dude, the urinal is sick. <laughs> I remember um, uh, last night, Jordan was telling me about when uh, Drew came over. Yeah. And he was, we went, he was just blown away by the urinal. It's pretty funny. I love showing people the urinal because nobody, nobody has a fucking urinal in their house. Yeah. But thanks to my uncle when he built this place because he was a, a bachelor when he built it. Yeah. And uh, so, the, of course, bachelor's like, well, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to build my own place. I'm going to put a urinal in it. <laughs> If I ever get to a point in my life where I get to have like, you know, like the common shower room and then you, you like, you, you have like a Mr. and Mrs. like mini bathroom. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going to have a urinal in my mini bathroom. Yes. But for real, you jump into some sports, brother. All right. All I'll right. right back. I'll jump into sports. So uh, sports is what we're doing right now. My bladder thanks you. Um, yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, so NBA Finals. I watched a little bit of the finals. Uh, I think that I was watching Celtics 76ers because, oh, I forgot to talk about this and what I did last week. Colin's gone now, but I'll tell him later. Um, I also went to my father-in-law's for dinner. I made this sick-ass fucking steak. Uh, I take a linen broil, you know, and I marinate it for like a couple of days to do that when we do the NFL draft or the fantasy draft and shit like that. Um, so I made one of those. I had a delicious dinner, mashed potatoes and shit. We also watched the 76ers Celtics game. Um, so as it sits right now, Cleveland won uh, – against the Raptors, 4-0, just knocked the whole series out. Houston won against the Jazz, 4-1. Warriors against the Pelicans, 4-1 in that series. Boston, 4-1 against 76ers. So in the East, we're going to the conference finals, right? So Cavaliers, Celtics in the West, Warriors, Rockets. That's going to be good. I'm excited to watch those two things. I watched the Sixers-Celtics game, and that was a good... That was a good game. They switched leads quite a bit. Like I've, I've said before, I don't know that much about basketball. I'm still getting into it. But I've enjoyed uh, what I've watched. I just started probably like two weeks before the playoffs started. And I've really enjoyed – obviously, I really enjoy watching LeBron play because he's fucking LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, but last week, I talked about Draymond Green. I really enjoyed watching him play. Um, I haven't picked a team yet, but I'm going to pick a team that's not – like a, a popular sparking. one, you know. Like I don't. It's not going to be the Warriors. Not going to be the Cavs. Like I want to pick kind of an obscure team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's where we're at for for NBA, pretty much. Um, I like the fact that you're plugged into all the sports now. I'm because I like trying. to follow it from this perspective. Yeah. Because I just I don't imagine I, I can't understand how you have the time to stay so tuned into sports. It's fucking hard, bro. Man, it is fucking hard. I'm about to go grab that dog because he's barking. <laughs> Drive me nuts. Um, when it comes to there. baseball, uh, the only thing we really cover in baseball is the Mariners because mm-hmm. uh, that's really hard to follow. But the Mariners are twenty-one and sixteen right now. They just lost to the Tigers like 
moments ago. Oh. Uh, three to four. Uh, I believe this is the first game in a three-game series. They also play, um, let's see, it says today at 440, a doubleheader. Ooh. Ooh. Shitty. You got a doubleheader today? I believe so. That is what it looks like. That blows. How did... <sighs> I know is that a thing. Weird. Anyway. That's got to be insane. Uh, yeah. Those are long games. Word. That's weak. That's called earning your fucking paycheck. Uh, yeah, yes. and they also play tomorrow at 10-10. Oh, so that's a day game. So that's really cool. I'll be able to watch that one too. Nice. Or listen to it at work. Oh, no. That's Sunday. Shit. Mother's Day. Mother's Day. No awesome. baseball for you. Yeah. Um, sports don't Yeah, sports don't care about so your mom. So that's pretty much it. I haven't listened to the Mariners Rock. Because when there's a day game, I'll listen to it at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't really done that in a while. Yeah, because they plug that on their radio, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they'll do it on the radio over the loudspeakers. So it's easy to awesome. listen to. Um, so then in the NFL, I only have two things here um, that the Panthers signed C.J. Anderson. He's a running back. He played for the Broncos last year, and the Broncos, I believe they cut him this year, uh, and then they drafted Royce Freeman from mm-hmm. Oregon. Um, and so C.J. Anderson is playing for the Panthers now because they cut Jonathan Stewart earlier this year. Uh, and then running back Mark Ingram for the Saints, he got suspended four games for performance enhancing drugs. Oh. Right, which is never good to see. No. I don't like to see anybody doing that. Um, but that's especially unfortunate because that combo between him and Alvin Kamara last year was just sick nasty. Yeah. Like those two running backs playing together, it was fucking incredible. You know, it, it was incredible that they could both sustain production like that over like an entire season. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. You had a um, good combo like that, man. It, it pays dividends. Yeah. Yeah, but it just oh, after this there is something else that we have to talk about in baseball. Um, oh, and is it Ichiro talking shit? No, no, it's not <laughs> Ichiro. Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess that just means that Kamara will begin a shitload of carries and passes in the first four games, but uh, you never like to see that. So yeah, it's I don't know. I when yeah, it, the steroid use is tough. When when it comes to steroids, right? I'm very much in the belief of like if you're gonna. There should be like two leagues, right? Mm-hmm. One league where people are going to be clean, and one where they're not. Yeah, and one where you're not. You know, just be honest about it. You know, don't fucking lie. Just be straight up, like because it's a personal choice. Yeah, you know, to do steroids is a totally personal choice, and if that's something you want to do, then that's something you want to do. But be honest about it. You know, mm-hmm. and if somebody likes to watch baseball because they like to watch somebody just smash home runs all season long, you know, then then they want to watch the the league where they're all yeah. voted out you know it's like you're not there for the baseball you're there for the grand slam you're exactly. there for the, and if that's what you want to yeah. watch then do that or you know and maybe that's a poor example or a lot of people don't like that but i just don't grown-ass men dude and i don't think that you should lie about it and i don't think you should do it in a competition where most people aren't because that's not fair you know but well because it removes the um well it fucks up the competition aspect of right it. It, yeah obviously yeah. makes it not fair yeah um which is that's the whole purpose behind sports is yeah you know, it's an even playing field. Right. You know, you're not getting some, I mean, of course you have your all-stars and then your teams become better or worse or whatever. But when they're individual players and they're not following like the standard rules yeah. of maintaining like normal physicality even. Right. It's no bueno. Not to mention steroids are unintended consequences, man. They got a shit ton of side effects. There is a great movie documentary uh, about steroids by Chris Bell, 
then it's called Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Oh, yeah. And Chris Bell and his brother have been on and Joe Rogan, Rogan podcast several yeah. times. They also have another documentary that's called Prescription Thugs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're making two more documentaries right now. I would highly recommend that. Um, yeah. Those are really good. Yeah, some of my favorite documentaries, Prescription, or Bigger, Stronger, Faster, is about like uh, Chris and Mark are the brothers' names, and they're both competitive weightlifters, and they have an older brother who is a professional wrestler, right? But not like a big-name professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, they use him in the ring to like make people look better and shit like that. Um, and Chris is... Two brothers use steroids for different reasons, you know, for the different competitions and do all the whatever. And so it's about how Chris tried to stay away from steroids because when he was growing up, he was taught, you know, just take your vitamins and just eat right and pray and everything will be good. You know, like you'll like you'll do everything that you want to do. And then he found out that Sylvester Stallone is doing steroids and all the people in baseball are doing steroids. All the athletes are doing steroids and uh, Hulk Hogan's doing steroids. Arnold Schwarzenegger, all these people, all the people that he looked up to that were saying those things to him are all actually doing steroids. Yeah, right? that's, that's got to be. A- so the movie is actually called Bigger, Stronger, Faster, The Side Effects of Being an American. Mm. Right. So it's an incredibly good movie. Incredibly, yeah. incredibly good movie just about how that's influenced our culture and how it influences people and how it affects people and the controversy around it and the truths and lies and yeah very good yeah we have a very interesting perspective as americans when it comes to uh public uh uh what's the word the term uh good figures to look up to uh role models we have very very we put a lot of credence in our our public figures as role models yeah and yeah, like when you find out that like all your role models that's why they have that saying you know don't don't ever meet your heroes right yeah, because I mean, most people are not as perfect as their role model persona. Yeah, that's it's a tough one. You know, Lance Armstrong was a big one. You know, but a lot of those guys. He was on Joe Rogan once too, and that was like one of the best episodes I've ever listened I, to. Yeah, I still haven't gotten back because that's an older one. I got to bookmark that. Really good. He's really, got some really, really heavy hitting ones from like a couple years ago. Yes, but. That's because he's the greatest podcaster that's ever lived. <laughs> it's yeah, it's different styles, but Dan yeah. Carlin's definitely up there too. Uh, who, by the way, I don't know if you knew this because you're well, you're not a huge Dan Carlin follower, are you? Uh, no, I like hardcore history, but I don't like mm-hmm. follow all of his shit. No, yeah, because for a while he did this uh, political one called Common Sense, which right. was amazing, and uh, but he hasn't done that ever since the uh, the election. Uh, for a number of reasons, but mostly because he can't make heads or tails of it, and he doesn't think you can have an honest conversation about it anymore because everybody's so sensationalized. But yeah. uh, he started doing a side, a, a, like a new one, uh, and he called it Hardcore History Addendum. And they're mostly like interview-based shows or specialties that are they're only like an hour, hour and a half, compared to his usual multi-series of three-plus hours. Right. And they're really, really good if you're into history at all. But he put out a, a new one rather recently that was really good but if you're ever interested in some light dan carlin yeah hit that up so i also so the last thing in baseball and then i have one more thing in pop culture that i forgot about (laughs) um i'm gonna do pop culture first because i don't want to forget about it i also listened to a podcast called this is war that i heard about through ben shapiro yeah um and it is interviews with people who have done tours uh obviously mostly in the middle east um, and then come back and it's just 
you know, their experiences and the mental everything, mm-hmm. everything. You know, it's it's it got to be fascinating. It is incredible. Um, yeah. The uh, before we before we we'll get back to the Mariners. Yeah. <laughs> but before that, there was another podcast that I think he recommend. Or no, it's his new segment that they do. Have you checked that out? That's, I think they call it the Sunday Special. Yeah, with Jordan Peterson. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, his he announced on I think on Friday that this Sunday's special will be Dave Rubin. Oh, Super really? Stoked because oh, I love me some Dave Rubin. That's gonna be great. And oh, we didn't even talk about was it this week that that New York Times article about the intellectual dark web hit? I don't know. I think it was crap. We'll talk about that next week then. Yeah, you obviously didn't see that article. No, it is. Causing some waves. Really? Yeah, because it's a, a New York Times op-ed piece. Uh, but it wrote about... Uh, and it, Yeah, they did a cool photo shoot with all these people, but uh, Jordan Peterson, Dave Rubin, Eric... Or the Weinstein brothers, yeah. uh, Michael Shermer, Joe Rogan. I Damn. Think, I don't know. remember if I said Ben Shapiro yet already, but, I mean, all the, you know, all, all of our dudes that we love, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, big old piece on that, and... It was a semi good breakdown of what like what was what these guys are, why they why it's referred to as an intellectual dark web. And it's it's a long piece because yeah. they hit everybody. But I'll send it to you. So I'm ninety percent sure I saved it. But it's a New York Times yeah. article. It's all about the intellectual dark web and then all this week peop, you know, the usual suspects like Vox and stuff has put out like hate pieces against it. But it was really cool to see all those guys there with the similar backgrounds, and it was awesome. Yeah. In the the first time, I think they've been respectfully covered um, in something as mainstream as mainstream the New York media, Times. Yeah. yeah. It's very good. I'll send that to you. I'll, I'll find it. Uh, okay, so let's <clears> – what was going on with the MLB that you want to talk yep, about? Yeah, so the last thing with the Mariners, James Paxton – Threw a no-hitter against the Blue Jays six-time in Mariners right. history. I would kill myself if I didn't mention that. And so would Tyler. And so would all yeah, the right. baseball players. You get so that. much shit yeah. for that. I'm sorry it took me so long to mention it. But absolutely, threw a no-hitter. Yeah, that was beautiful all over thing. the news, too. Beautiful, beautiful Seattle thing. Times, Sun. You know, Six-time in Mariner history. That's yeah. a big deal, baby. That's awesome. Yeah. Good I for remember, them, I think two years ago, Sasha Iwakuma. He threw a no-hitter, mm. and me and the boys listened to that at work. That might have been – you might have been gone because you used to leave really early, or it also might have been before you got there mm-hmm. um, that he threw a no-hitter, and we listened to it live on the radio. And it I was, think it was during that time when my, my dad was going downhill, so I was working yeah, part-time. that may have been Taking care it. of him. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah that was no-hitter. big news this week, man. And I don't even like – I like baseball. I don't love baseball, you know, but to – to, to like experience no something like that, you know, is mm-hmm. is fucking it's something else. It's yeah. really interesting. You know, my best story, real quick, before we get on about uh, no hitters. Yeah, was this bit Robin Williams used to do uh, about? Uh, I think his name was Doc Ellis. Maybe pitched a no hitter on LSD. Was on LSD, yes. Yeah. And the way he describes it, because he's a guy that had done LSD, so he was trying to like portray how it must have felt. And God damn it, you gotta find that clip. I have the whole album. I'll have to get it to you if you're That's interested hilarious. in Robin Williams comedy. It's yeah. so fucking good. Well, there's but a thirty so thirty funny. on Doc Ellis. Oh, yeah. that guy that threw that no hitter. That shit's wild. I can't imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just thinking about it. So Where, that's all I have for 
Good sports talk. Yeah, for I'm all sorry that. Sorry I missed all the NBA. Do you have anything else that you want to you want to go over? Uh, I'm I'm going to do uh, a Jordan a favor real quick because yeah. I feel like she might be plugged into this. If not, I know my wife is probably going to be plugged into it ever since we watched that sh- the Netflix show The Queen yes. or The Crown. Yeah. Um the royal wedding is scheduled I think for next Saturday. So oh, yeah, while we're recording next week, shit. they'll be doing the royal wedding and all the pomp and circumstance. But uh, let the people know that if you're into those royal weddings and following the royal family next next weekend or this coming weekend, you'll get this on Monday. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm not into that stuff at all. No. But my grandma's from Canada. She's all over there. it. There you go. Oh, oh yeah, because they have a really really big connection still with yeah. Great Britain. Yeah. Great Britain. God save the queen. Yeah. Um. Shoot. Oh man, I meant to talk about this during pop culture too. One of my favorite book series, The Expanse. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a good show on uh, sci-fi, which I don't think got approved for a fourth season. Super sad. But it did make... Um, uh, Business Insider did an article about the best TV shows of 2018, and they made uh, the list. Uh, season three of The Expanse this year on sci-fi made the list Fuck for the yeah. best TV. It was dope. That's awesome. Yeah. And there was a, like Handmaid's Tale season two made yeah. it for Hulu. I haven't watched that yet. Me neither. Handmaid's I've heard, Tale. I've heard, heard good things. Good, but yeah, yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, you ever seen the show Bosch? No. It's, a Netflix, but I, it's but an I, Amazon original. I have seen the, like the picture of it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. And they're on, they did season four this year. Um, and apparently that made the list. Word. And then late breaking news was earlier this week. Uh, the creators of Rick and Morty. If you're a Rick and Morty oh, fan, are you yes. Rick and Morty? Yeah. Said that they have 70, 70 more episodes. New, yeah, new episodes Ooh, coming. I fucking love Rick and Morty. God yeah. damn it. I, I don't know Rick if that's going to be a 10 year release schedule, oh. but it's coming and I'm super excited about I that. I love Rick and Morty. So if you're Rick and Morty fans out there, rejoice. So yeah. It's so good. I watched a couple older episodes this week. So good. So fucking funny. Word. So that's it? That's it, man. That's all you got? That's all I got. I all mean, right. there was so much. But All right. Well, that's good. <clears throat> Big <throat> end of the podcast stretch. Yes. Yeah, that was it. Uh, so, Colin, I think uh, with that, right, if, if that's all, I'm just... I'm so excited for this hunt that my nips are doing stuff that they've never done before. <laughs> Why well, you can't talk? 